Broad Ideas is supported by Sundays for Dogs. Sundays is healthy, air-dried dog food made from a short list of human-grade ingredients. Sundays was co-founded by Dr. Tori, a practicing veterinarian, and contains 90% meat, 10% vegetables, and 0% synthetic nutrients. Besides USDA beef and all-natural chicken, you'll find digestive aids like pumpkin and ginger plus disease-fighting antioxidants. Dog parents report noticeable health improvements in their pups, including softer fur, fresher breath, better poops, and more energy. I love how much Gertie loves Sundays. Also, it's so easy. It's just there. You don't have to make anything. You don't have to defrost anything. It's ready to go. And I know everything that she's eating and every ingredient that goes into it. Unlike other fresh dog foods, Sundays zero prep, zero mess, and zero stress. Sundays is shelf-stable, which makes it easy to feed your pup top-quality food. Every order ships right to your door, so you'll never worry about running out of dog food again. Sundays costs 40% less than other healthy dog food brands because Sundays doesn't waste money shipping frozen packages. Instead, they spend on what matters, sourcing the best all-natural ingredients for your pup. We worked out a special deal for our dog-loving listeners. Get 35% off your first order of Sundays. Go to sundaysfordogs.com slash ideas or use code ideas at checkout. That's go to sundaysfordogs.com slash ideas. Upgrade your pup to Sundays and feel good about the food you feed your dog. Welcome to Broad Ideas. This is your host, Rachel Bilson. Thanks for joining us, Olivia. You're welcome. <laughs> Rob? We have a podcast. Oh, what the geez. hell? Oh, jeez. She's in one of these moods. <laughs> Oh, what are we doing? Uh, well, what we're doing is talking to Harry Hudson, who is a singer-songwriter. He had a 2018 album, Yesterday's Tomorrow, but his 2020 album, Hey, I'm Here For You, and his latest EP, which actually just came out in July of 2022, A Deer in Headlights. His new single is called Emotional Hangover. Yep. And there's two versions. He has a meditation version of this love song. That. Which I love, and you're going to hear some. Emotional hangover, but we're going to talk to Harry. Sometimes when the world feels insane, you can take a little peek inside of Rachel's little brain. All these thoughts are swirling round and round inside to join us on this journey as we take a little ride. We'll talk about dogs and kids and Because people die. Okay. <laughs> October 14th. When's yours? June 2nd. Oh, oh nice. Wait, is that Gemini? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it's a lot of problems. <laughs> My brother's a Gemini. So two, you get uh, it. Two problems. <laughs> yeah, I'm too airy. Yeah. I saw a psychic the other day. He's like, you got to be more grounded. <gasps> really? Wait, was it a good psychic? Yeah. Mm, well, it wasn't really the other day. It was years ago. Oh. But, um, <laughs> but no, they weren't. But I feel like they were right about the grounding thing. Are we starting? Yeah, we're on. Well, we're it's, just going. Oh, we just how it goes. Yeah, mm, we I was just like burping in the thing. No, yeah, <laughs> you're good. So we first. don't. We don't ease you in. We just no, throw you in the deep no water. Formalities. We just you know. Yeah. So I'll break it down. So this is Let's how. It, this is how I, I got here. Let's just. How did I end up here? <laughs> was me and my lovely girlfriend over there? We were like, <laughs> we need to watch a show. And what show should we binge watch? <laughs> Somehow the OC came up. Oh man! And we just went for it. Binge watched it. We've been obsessed. They were like, what are they doing now? 
Yeah. <laughs> and then I looked you up and I was like, she has a podcast. But this is like the day of my my mental telling me I need to do podcasts. What? This is like a real life thing. No way. Me and my brother were talking. He's like, you have to start doing podcasts and telling your story more in a unique way. That's not, yeah. I'm not really a social media person. So it's hard to okay. be myself through the lens to promote something on social media. Yeah. yeah. So it's easier to do something like this. Great. Then I saw you had a podcast and I was like, I need to be on this. And so I DM'd you literally five seconds after that. And I was like, oh I need God. to be on this podcast. I don't know why. Mm. It's the universe. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is so amazing. I can express truth. And now I'm here. <laughs> yeah. I just felt like, I don't know. We love like, it. We love it. That's so fucking rad. Yeah. Oh, and so I'm I was so like, happy. this is cool. This is the universe. And the fact that you reached back out, I was like, yeah. I was telling her, I was like, oh my gosh, you reached back out. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. we gotta do this. This oh. is sick. That is so, I love hearing that so much. I know when you DM me, I was like, oh, I was like, hey, what's up, Do people reach out to be like, hey, I want to be on the show? I mean, we've had, yeah, I'm sure sure we've had some, you know, but I was very flattered when you did. And was that the first time you guys watched the OC? Was it like your first run through? Yeah. I watched it once as like, well, you you guys are younger. Yeah. No, it's almost 20 years old. (laughs) But. Yeah, and then like I was like, we finished something. We're like, what should we watch? And then we got into the first episode and we're like, but the next one. But the, but next, the next one. one. <laughs> should we go out Friday night? But the OC. <laughs> and then it turned into that for a while. And then someone told us that the main girl dies. And then so oh. we, we haven't got there. So we oh. just said, we're just like, let's, we just. She wanted like, to keep it like a nice Yeah, memory. we're keeping it like, yeah. yeah we're yeah. just like, you know, let's just stop here. I, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't watch that scene. It was It's so rough, but. The fourth season, I will say, is a fun one. So if you just want to, like, skip that one episode. No, you can't. Why? It's so traumatic. I'm a fast-forward kind of guy. Like, you can see, now you can see the clips. You fast-forward fast. You can see kind of what's happening. Yeah. But (laughs) I feel like you've been through more than that in your real life. Way more. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. My heart felt that when you said it was the universe and that you want to tell your story in a different way. And the fact that you were called to this podcast, I think is beautiful. And we reached out to Charlotte Lawrence because we saw there was a connection there. (laughs) And she's like, no, he's an actual angel on earth. Okay, sweet. I love Charlotte so much. Is she an angel? She is the best. I know. And she's the voice of an angel. I'm like, I I know. She's too talented. And I'm like, I hate it. She (laughs) she wrote the theme song for this. You're lying. No. No. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's so funny? I was going to say, do you guys have a theme song? Because I was going to have one in my head. Great. Wait, fact, do you have one? Can you like bust no, it out right no, now? No, oh. it was <laughs> before you leave. Before, before I leave, yeah, I'll before you leave, out. just like. But if Charlotte already did it, then there's no point for me to do it. She can oh, sing do it though. The ending. What about an outro? Credit. Yeah, I mean that's outro. our intro. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah outro. the outro credit thing, like a cool little voice thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your voice is amazing. I was listening to your music and thank you. Oh my god, it's so beautiful. Thank you so much. What? How? Where does that come from? Like, how did you get into, into music? All of it. All yeah. of it. Um, Start from started, the day you oh, were born. <laughs> well, I was born June 2nd in New Jersey. Um, were you born in New Jersey? In Inglewood, New Jersey. No way. Yeah. Okay. And then moved out here when I was about five or six and then grew up in, in the, the valley. valley. Mm-hmm. So we share the valley, yeah. all, all of so us. So I, I was also hyped in the OC. You kept dropping the valley show thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, That's what should right. we talk about? She could mention Van Nuys ever. <laughs> did you um, grow up in Van Nuys? Yeah. You what did grow up in Van Nuys. Take us through it. Through all the schools. Um, yeah. The only school is high school, Crespi. Yeah, Crespi. Yeah. I went to Notre Dame. So, okay, so rival. Yeah. It's like a yep. rivalry. Yeah, it is Valley a rivalry. Rival. That's right. Crespi's boys, right? <laughs> what? What's that yeah, look? <laughs> no, just we went, we both went to Crespi. So it's just oh, like, okay, it's funny okay. that like the, no one knows Notre Dame. And so the fact that like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The rivalry, sure. I don't know. It was like, I wasn't a part of any rivalries. I was just a weird kid. Um, 
but is that yeah. all through elementary or where did you go to elementary? elementary no, Crestview is high school. No, yeah, high school. Elementary was this school called St. Cyril. Okay. okay. It's like yeah. a Catholic school. Yeah. I was not the best kids for both of us. And we got sent <laughs> to Catholic schools and like the whole button right, down button up thing. Right, and private yeah. and all of that. Yeah, which turned me to a monster. Really? Like, yeah. Why? How? Do you tell? Because my son's in a private Catholic school right now and I worry. And he's in kindergarten. First, first grade. grade. Well, I can tell you stories about my family telling me stories when I was like six, <laughs> telling everybody that they're going to go to hell if they don't have like sex until uh, after marriage. And, oh, like, yeah. right. I was just saying, like, yeah, no, just it's funny a real like concern. That, but, like, I guess like my um, uncle and my aunt, they were having a kid without marriage. Okay. I sat them both down, I guess, when I was like 10. <laughs> yeah. And like was crying and like so disappointed and how they're going to rot in hell. Like, oh, no. I'm I don't remember one thing I said about this, but my uncle and my aunt will tell me until this day, they're like, do you remember? Because they were traumatized that this kid was just like, <laughs> crying being like you guys like, yeah. gonna, like well, but beyond that um i think the worst experience i had in that time was fifth grade i'm dyslexic like uh -huh. very dyslexic she is too you get me of course <laughs> i do you know and so i remember she was calling me to read in the class and i hate public speaking i hate hated it i don't hate really anything anymore but <laughs> disliked it at the time and then i remember she called me to like read this sentence that was a paragraph and when they tell you to read the paragraph that's when i'm like nervous you know as a kid yeah and I messed it up so bad. And so, like, instead of, like, teaching me the words that I was messing up, like, the teacher, like, called me out and was like, how <gasps> could you be so dumb? Like, what? Like, fully. Like, I started laughing. Like, I can't believe you don't know how to read. Oh, my thing. God. And so, like, oh, all my the heart. kids were laughing at me. I mean, this no. is, like... Mm -mm. That's pain. That I'm is. a grown man now. So, like, the fact that I can go back to that moment and, like, pinpoint it, like, yesterday yeah. to be, like, that traumatized me. Because everyone was, like, laughing at me, not with me kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's not okay. And so, from that day, I just made sure I was like the class clown. And this like changed my whole life as a human because I was like, instead of laughing at me, I'd rather be laughed with. Yeah. Right. So then I just became like a really bad student mm -hmm. because it was funny to the kids to say something crazy to the teacher or do yeah. something or fail your test and laugh about it or do something. And they're like, Harry, just leave the class. Yeah. So I looked like this, like, oh, Harry does not care. And he's a class clown and like da, da, da. But it was just because like I was insecure as a kid. Mm. Yeah. You know, and I think I had a lot of like problems growing up like in childhood. Mm. And with family stuff, and it made me insecure and like right. shy kid. Yeah. You know, yeah. so when you're getting called out, no one's kind of like holding you to like kind of guide you through something. I kind of just like uh, lost my shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in a way of just acting out, because then I used everything as a comic relief. Sure. So then, then like we'll get into it, but I'm starting therapy now to get rid of that comic relief kind of thing because mm -hmm. it gets to a point of like I used it for good. Uh -huh. Right. When there were serious things going on in my household or outside of the household or like things, I would use comedy and like funny things to kind of like ease. Yeah. It's your coping mechanism. Yeah. So why are you trying to get rid of that? Because yeah, that's what becomes, I was wondering. <laughs> then it becomes two things where it's like, let's have a serious conversation and I'll say a joke. Right. Right. And you're like, there, there needs to be but a But you balance. feel like there's something not right about that. I, I felt, yeah, at the time. Okay. You know, I was using it for like, and then I didn't shift it. Mm. Until I got older. It became a shield. It became my protection. It was yeah. my super cape. Because then you can say, you can call me out in class and I can say something funny and everyone laughs. But then it's like, you're never going to call me again. Right. right? Or a situation with a girl that I liked or something. And if it wasn't my way, I would be like, I don't even like it. Make fun of her or do something. You know, it's like these things of like trying to joke. And then also if serious situations come around and everyone's awkward in a room, I will make a scene and make myself look like a fool to make everyone talk about me to be like, he looks like an idiot. Or isn't, what is he doing? And then mm -hmm. it makes room for open conversation for other people to feel like they can fit in or like. Feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then it got to a point where I was like, I think I'm just too funny. You know? <laughs> where it's, just, it's like, I don't know. Because the too funny people, you're yeah. like, you, you can't get real. Right, like, right. Like, bullshitting with me now to, to a point? And then it got kind of got like that for me. Mm. Yeah, where you're like, okay, hold on. Yes, that's funny. And can you be authentic for a second? Yes. Hmm. And I think I've always wanted to be authentic. And I wasn't until 20, which is when I got diagnosed with cancer. Right. And then that's when the whole world went, like, turned around and did the whole thing. Right. But before that, with music, music was a scapegoat for me as a kid. Mm -hmm. So it's like my parents... Toxic household, I'm sure most people can relate. Oh, yeah, sure. yeah, of um, course. <laughs> and, you know, when there was fighting going on or yelling or things or the cops are at the house or blah, da da like my escape was like putting on the Walkman and like having a CD and putting it, my headphones on and like hiding. Yeah. You know, or just listening to music or I remember just remembering songs, like lyrics as a kid. And like that was like homework for me is to remember lyrics as a young kid and like things like that, which was an escape. Mm -hmm. Right. And I didn't pay attention to it at all. I never wanted to make music. I was like, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, and then I saw like an Eminem music video when I was a child. Which one? Um, <laughs> was it The Way I Am? The one he's falling off a building? Yeah, mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah. I said, back with this bag. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I started rapping that in first grade, like constantly to get kicked out of class. <laughs> to get kicked out. I love it. To get kicked out. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I wanted to get kicked out. I just remember saying these lines all the time. Yeah. Right. And my babysitter showed me this music video. I was like... Oh. I feel like I'm this human as a first grader. I don't know why I've related to Eminem in first grade. Yeah. And then from there, it was just like kind of this constant of like me trying to write raps. You know, like in third, fourth grade. Like in my journals, there was always like, or my notebooks in school was always like poems or raps. That's, that made no Do you still sense. have those? No I bet it would be so fun I'm to sure like go back and I'm sure they're somewhere and they're probably read. so bad. Like, no. oh my goodness. <laughs> they're so bad, but it was escape. And I yeah. think it's beautiful to have that and notice it as a kid. And I never talked to anybody about it. It wasn't like, I got raps in my yeah. Thing. Mm -hmm. It was like, this is cool and distracting when I'm not really paying attention to what's going on. I was a one on one learner, so it was hard for me mm -hmm. to be in class. But don't you also think this is something I learned about being dyslexic or having a um, learning disability? I feel like nobody paid attention to the fact that I could memorize every lyric, I could memorize every song, like that, but I couldn't do the reading. And it's because later in life, I realized I don't learn visually. I learn through audio. Mm. And so if I hear it, I can remember it. If I see it, it doesn't register. And I feel like teachers aren't looking for that. They're not like, how does this kid learn? Like, to me, that should be noted that yeah. you know the lyrics to songs and that you can remember that. And it's like, that's how they should be teaching. I absolutely agree. And I think slowly now it's kind of gearing more into those you find mm -hmm. different schools yeah. that you can find you know yeah. niches and yeah my daughter's in like a small school and it's way more individualized so they're like oh this you know she maybe needs more help here or whatever it is and like yeah there's and just I, more of that and that's i feel like that's super important instead of yeah. like i'm just here to yeah, get yeah. my yearly check and i come here and do this and there's gonna be bad kids and there's good kids but bad kids are like just troubled kids Right. And you know, where's the mental health? Where's the, right. But where's the mental health support? You know what I mean? Because I feel like that's really... That's the biggest thing. We never really get. No. And it's kind of shunned upon. Right. And especially in certain areas of the world, too. Like, in cultures, like, getting help or therapy is, like, so looked down upon. Mm -hmm. It's like, fix it yourself kind of thing. And especially in high school, especially now. But, like, when I, we, all of us, like, it's like we got to miss the social media age. Mm. So I feel like, yeah. And I feel like now it's just, like... Ridiculous, but like even back then, it's like 
I was journaling most of the time and I was doing things where it's like mm-hmm. I wasn't being distracted. Then I started like writing more music. Then I was like, I love, I wanted to do rap in like eighth grade, right? And my heroes were the people who sold CDs on the side of the street. Hell yeah. <laughs> and this is so serious. Like I would get nervous to talk to them type of shit. Like, oh my God. I would like, and I would be like, you guys know how to put, you know how to make a song. You're selling yeah. a CD and your voice is on it. You have production, you have mix and mastering. Like <laughs> how do you do that? I never understood how to even start there. And so there's like two guys that were specifically like on Hollywood Boulevard and then one guy was like on Laurel Canyon. <laughs> and I remember I would take a bus or whatever to these guys and they would take me to their house after. It's so weird. Like I don't like thank God like God had my back or something. But they took me like <laughs> to like, the house and like taught me how to make like musics. You know, like no, all yeah, types hey. of music. Yeah. Like there was like Ice the Golden Child, if he's still out there. I don't know. That was his name. Ice the Golden Child. I don't know why I remember that. Shout out to Ice. Yeah. He's, <laughs> I haven't seen him probably in 20 years. But Oh um, my God. Yeah, no, like things like that where I was so if I wanted it, I got to go get it. And there wasn't social media to go find out how to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And right. it was a, a weird where I would go to Guitar Center and be like, do you know how to make beats anybody here? Like, I want to rap. You know, and they're like, well, okay, sure. And like, I, I had my friend during high school, he would cold call. Like, I would just, I didn't know how to get signed. I didn't know anything. So I was like, oh, maybe a studio, like just a normal recording studio. I thought they could sign you. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you just go there. Yeah, you just yeah. like knock on the door. Like, and hey. then they, they give you free <laughs> sessions. And then, right. you know, we have a discount or something. Like, I didn't know. So I had yeah. my friend Cole. I would find during school, like, hundreds and hundreds of studios. And I would make my friend call them at lunch and pretend to be my manager. And we're probably both 14 or 15. And he would be like, I got my artist. I'm like, where's his song? He's like, well, <laughs> he has no songs, but he wants to sign to you. And they're like, well, we are a recording studio. <laughs> we don't have anything set up to sign anything. They're like, well, like... And we kept doing it until like one studio was like, yeah, come by. No way. Oh my gosh. Yeah. My dad was like, I'm going to take you guys. I was like, what do you have? I was like, my dad like loved it. Cause my dad was like, this is hustle. Like, I love it. Like, <laughs> dropped us off at a stranger's house. And like, I just was like, you're like, would, this is some valley shit. Valley shit. And I would, valley I would just, shit. I would play beats and I would just rap in front of people. And then they'd be like, nah. What? Yeah. That's all I would do. I'd just try to get someone, want someone to notice that I can rap. And then it was just more of like, it was like a hobby. It wasn't good. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, you were learning. Yeah. I was trying and I was just really trying to figure it out until like 10th grade came along yeah. and I would was doing it more and more. And one of my best friends at the time, like we always like after football games, we'd get a group together and like freestyle in the parking lot or at a house or whatever. Very eight mile of us, you know? Yeah, I it love is. it. I'm like, yeah. yeah we like, were doing the same battles. thing. Yeah, that's exactly what that was. That was like, our, that was the dream. Rap battles. Just yeah, like, Papa would do it. Papa Doc's my idol. <laughs> Fun fact. Um, one of Papa Doc's members in 8 Mile was my neighbor growing up. No. And so all the 8 Mile cast would come over like to his house. And oh, I would no. Oh. Geek. Freak out. Freak out. <laughs> I had a panic attack. I don't know oh why. Oh my God, I you love this. Makai Pfeiffer came to my house one time because he knocked on the wrong no door. Way. And I was just like, Are you serious? You're such a like, but like, and I started rapping right away. No, no, no. I was like, This is my fucking shot. And then it was like, But, um, this is real life. But, this is but, my shot. I know. It's like you only get one. Oh that was ready. And then, no, that was, that was just a sidebar of eight mile stuff. But, um, <laughs> Important stuff. Really important because that shaped my life. No, um, shaped that everything. soundtrack though, how do you feel about the 8 Mile soundtrack? Is I, that I like, love it. Okay. It's incredible. Because it's like 90s hip hop. Because obviously obsessed. you're younger, but it's I, like the best. Like, yeah. like Run Rabbit Run is like something I like listen to all the time. <laughs> I have train tracks by my house. And when I hear the train tracks, I'm like, I'm fucking in it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but it like started with like, okay, so me like trying to like freestyle whatever. And one of my best friends, Chris, 
he came up to me and he was like, you should actually rap. But the raps I would do is trying to mimic Eminem. I'll right. fucking kill you and do all this stuff. I'm like, <laughs> no one's, I'm not going to do any of that. I'm just a nice kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'm not going to kill anyone. Yeah, I don't, don't want to hurt anything. Like, <laughs> I'm going to open the door yeah. for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, oh, like, he was like, but it rhymes and you have a cadence, you have a flow. And he was like, you should do it for real. And I was like, no way. No. And he was like, you should actually do music. Like, I'll help you kind of thing. And I was like, well, if you think so, he's like, let me get you into a real studio. So I was like, okay. And then one of my best friends, wasn't my best friends at the time at school, there was a kid named Diego Farias. And Diego, like, was odd man out, but a genius savant. Like, mm-hmm. just funny, loud, mm-hmm. crazy. Doesn't care about anything or anybody, what, he, what they said about him or whatever. And he was in a metal band. And he was already touring at like 13. Wow. Like Russia and places like this. But he would come to school like and leave for months and then come back and like in a heavy metal band. So I'm like, yo. My friend was like, Diego, Harry has to record with you. And he was like, I would love that. His dad's <laughs> like a Latin recording like producer, like mm-hmm. super, like they had a real professional studio. And so one day I went to his house and my, what I'm doing right now is like when you hear yourself talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the first time I ever really got to experience that. Mm. And then like made a song and I was like, there's no going back and this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life kind of yeah. way. And Diego became my best friend after that. So like Aww. all Friday night, Saturday night just became us trying to make music. Mm-hmm. Again, not good music, but like it was... He was like metal it. and you were rap. And, rap, and you and guys he was were like... Really going at it and making like yeah. what he would produce in that kind of sense. That's so cool. And it was like really random because all of the Because he had a studio and so all the Valley kids would like, you know... Love it. Would show up. And so like the band, the neighborhood... Like they when they were all like young kids, like mm-hmm. the, a lot of cool valley bands and valley artists would come to this one studio to like make music when we're all like in high school. Broad Ideas is supported by Daily Harvest. My life can get a little hectic sometimes. I mean, mornings before school are absolute chaos, but thankfully, Daily Harvest does more so I can do less. Think stress-free meals delivered to your doorstep. In other words, they have my back. Daily Harvest delivers delicious harvest bowls, soups, flatbreads, snacks, smoothies, lattes, and more built on organic fruits and vegetables. Daily Harvest works directly with farmers to source the best ingredients, freezes them at peak ripeness to lock in flavor and nutrients, and they never use artificial preservatives or ingredients. With nourishing and easy-to-prep options, I never have to think twice about what to eat for my next meal, snack, or dessert. Everything stays fresh in my freezer until I'm ready to enjoy it, helping me reduce food waste. I love not having to prep or clean up after. Also, my daughter loves the smoothies. It really makes my mornings easier. Let Daily Harvest do more so you can do less. Go to dailyharvest.com slash ideas to get up to $40 off your first box. That's dailyharvest.com slash ideas for up to $40 off your first box. Dailyharvest.com slash ideas. Broad Ideas is supported by Haya Health. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise, filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk growing kids should never eat. That's why Haya was created, the pediatrician-approved super-powered chewable vitamin. While most children's vitamins are filled with five grams of sugar and can contribute to a variety of health issues, Haya is made with zero sugar and zero gummy junk, yet it tastes great and is perfect for picky eaters. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full-body nourishment our kids need with a yummy taste they love. Formulated with the help of nutritional experts, Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies, 
then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, including vitamin D, B12, C, zinc, folate, and many others to help support immunity, energy, brain function, mood, concentration, teeth, bones, and more. It's non-GMO vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, and everything else you can imagine. Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door so parents have one less thing to worry about. Also, it's really easy to get your kids to take vitamins with Haya. My daughter loves it. She loves the flavors and she thinks she's getting a treat every morning. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com ideas. The deal is not available on their regular website. That's H-I-Y-A-Health.com ideas and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. That's really cool. Though, That's really cool. In high school, I, don't, I mean, for us, we definitely weren't like doing anything professional. But like just to have that as an outlet, I think would, I, I would think would be helpful. Definitely not professional. Definitely. Well, like, you know what the, I mean. Like, right, right, right. Yeah. It's like, it's like anybody looks professional doing anything now. Yeah, right. But I think at the time it was just like not caring. Like we weren't, the, my group of friends wasn't really like the, let's go out and like, you know, I didn't drink till I was 21. Like wow. Kind of yeah. Why? How? Oh. <laughs> what? When you just grow up with just alcohol and drugs your whole life as a child and you see it and you're like, I do not want to be that. I also thought like I'd be the craziest addict. So I was like, if I drink, if I do any drugs, yeah. smart. I'm going to go to jail right away. And jail wow. is my biggest fear for some reason. Yeah. That's where all my there family members are. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. But, Welcome. So it's like me and my friends are like straight edge and like, you know, like right. we're just, we want to make music and That's money dope. and like things yeah. like that where it's like, how do we do that? I'm not saying like I was ahead of the game and I had this mental, I was an asshole in high school for sure. Like just because I didn't understand who I am. Right. You don't sure. know who you are in high school and you're trying to figure it out. You're yeah. taking all these things that you see and you're like, well, is this me? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Kind of thing. Right. And so when I'm making music and I started like actually going into it, me and my best friends had a rap group together now. What was it called? Um, there were several names, but it was <laughs> Nasty Boys. Of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so my best friend is Chris, Chris Nassif. Right. And we all, for some reason, we all lived at his house like during <laughs> high school because he had like so many bedrooms and no one was ever there. <laughs> And so he's like, yeah, just everybody crush here. So we all were like, okay, we stay at Chris Nassif's house. And everyone's <laughs> like, we stay at Nasty. We call him Nasty. We stay at Nasty's house. Most straight edge kid, nicest kid in the world. Never heard a fly type guy. Still, we call him that to this day. But then we're all like, we're nasty, nasty boys. Because we're, we live <laughs> here. We're here. We use all of his equipment. And that's how we're recording. We use everything for him. <laughs> and he's like, so that's what it was. And there was like four of us in the group. And his dad, Chris's dad, um, it's like a movie producer or something in industry kind of thing. And he was like, my best friend, this guy, Suge Knight. Oh, what? Called Suge Knight. And he's like, I have this Justin Bieber rapper. My son <laughs> found him. They're best friends. They're partners. Like, <laughs> And so he was like, you guys have a meeting with like Suge Knight and this oh, whole sh- team. What? So I'm in high school like, thank God. I'm about to yeah. drop out of high school. Yes. I'm about to have the most protection ever. Like, I'm like so happy. I'm like, this is exciting. We're all going to make it. And we took a bus from our high school to like Beverly Hills or wherever the offices were. And there was, you know, Suge Knight, there was a guy, John Atterbury, and, and, and like another guy named Cecil. And these guys were just like dogs, like great in the music back in the day, like icons, whatever. Yeah. And we walk in, they're like, so where's like, what's the where's the music kind of shit? And I was like, oh, like, 
you know, and the plug <laughs> out of it. And they're like, what the fuck? Like, so confused. And like, Suge was just walked right out, like, kind of confused. Like, like yeah, you need to make music. Like, this is a waste of time type shit. Like, oh no. Where's the music? Yeah. yeah. And this dude, my friend's dad, just threw us in the fire. Like, I don't know what the fuck was happening. Yeah. He was just like, you guys want to go get it? Go get it. Yeah. Right? right. And so, like, on my first meeting, I walked in, like, I can do this. And then they're like, where's everything? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, oh, well. It's well, in here. You're like, well, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, it's right here. I got pen. I got papers and like stuff. <laughs> and then oh it was God. kind of like that was like the first learning experience I had in music. And then after that, it was kind of like come back with more songs in two with, weeks with songs. With songs. <laughs> but they okay. And so this time, I'm starting to make music. My brother, four years older than me, genius man. He saw we we're both like we we're both doing this thing together. But he started working at a record label, and then oh, okay. I started making music. Yeah. Okay. And so, like, I would send him songs. He's like, this is shit. This is awful. <laughs> he was, he, he had connections. So I hit him up. I was like, bro, like, I know you don't fuck with my music, but I need beats, like, right yeah. now. And he was like, cool. I hit up producers that are, like, you know, I'm working with that I know, or whatever, whatever. And, like, got me a whole folder of beats. And I wrote to every single one, you know, my <laughs> friends rapping over them, yada, yada. And then, like, it went to a point where it, like, things went by. And now, like, I'm in 11th grade or something. It was kept going back and forth and back and forth, all these things. And I did a show with that guy, Mario, who did the You Should Let Me Love You song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we opened up for him because they're like, we want to see if you guys can perform. And like, we killed. This is Nasty Boys opening this up? This Nasty Boys just going hard. <laughs> okay. It's just Nasty Boys. going <laughs> so hard right now. We're, we're freaking, we're out there at the Key Club where the Key Club was a thing. You know, we're going hard. We're enjoying, we're stage oh God, diving. Like, we didn't think that you could have backtracks. We just, again, played the 12 beats live and no. just straight live over the beats without no, anything. I can't. So people are like, <laughs> I'm running out of breath. Like, <laughs> Like, I like, didn't know that you can have, like, anything. I'm doing all this in the fire and just fucking winging it. And then after, they're like, you guys should do a tour. Like, we want to sign you guys. Oh, my God. So I was like, holy fuck. Like, yes. Like, finally, this is about to change this whole thing. And I remember meeting with this guy, John Atterbury, who was going to help us do the whole thing. And he sat down with me. He's like, Harry, like, pull me aside. He's like, you got to be a, you should be a singer. Mm. What? <laughs> fuck no dog I'm a rapper dog like I cannot do that like you know all my friends are like oh you're a singer like whack you know and I'm like I'm like I can't even sing first off so what does that mean and he's like no there's something in your tone like I can pull it out like I want to get you vocal lessons like we can do something like I believe in that like trust me I was like nah and he was like let them two rap because two of my friends but fantastic and like you should do like the hooks and sing in the parts and I was like man like <laughs> I'll think about it. Like, whatever. I was just like, I was like really annoyed because my friend's like, ah, oh, loser. Like, and they pull me aside. He's like, Harry, like, everyone wants to sing her. And I was like, yeah, you're right. You know, like kind of thing. And yeah. then he was just, whatever. He encouraged me to do it. And I'll, and then, you know, unfortunately, two weeks after that, he passed. He randomly, like, <gasps> passed away. And like, out of a freak accident, somebody caught their wife cheating on like, in Hollywood in an apartment. And then he just ran out and started shooting random people. What? It what? Wait, what? It was like a thing like years ago. Yeah. <laughs> What? Insanity, Wait, just like crazy, and he like such a success, like beautiful family. This guy's like oh, it was just no. like so devastating. That is like, horrible. Yeah, and so like after that, me and my friends stopped being friends, and I started singing, and I kind of oh. went my own like did my own thing. Yeah, because I was like, what's the point of all this? Like actually, like as a kid, you're like, oh, I want all these accolades and things, and what you think as a 15, 16 year old kid, at least mm. what I thought, you know, and then. You kind of start seeing it and seeing the work and how much you have to actually put in to right. it if you really want something yeah. in the way you want it. Right. Because right. you can see a lot of successful people, but they're like, oh, but if 
I can yeah. do it my way or it's yeah. like a, controlled or whatever. And so for me, it was kind of like, well, how do I step back? And mm-hmm. we're talking to my brother and being like, he's like, let's just do your thing solo. Like, you mm-hmm. know, and like, I love all my friends and the whole thing. But he's like, if you really want to do it, you need to do it like yourself. Right, right. And I'm afraid of that. Again, sure. it's like I'm a shy kid. Mm-hmm. Now it's like I have to sing by myself now. Like you I don't sing. sing. <laughs> now, after all the shit that's happened to me, but I'm like, you have to go through the, yeah, the yeah. battles. And so for me, I was like this shy kid. I was like, okay, like you got to do it. Throw yourself in the fire. Okay, now I need to learn how to sing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like, where, how do they even start? Huh. You know? And so right after high school, I met somebody who was a Swedish producer. And I, was, I went to this music college, Musicians Institute. Do you oh, know yeah, in Hollywood? of course. Yeah. Okay, so I went for a day. And, <laughs> and I can sing. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't get into college. I didn't get in anywhere. I tried. Mm-hmm. I applied to like the really hard ones just to see. I didn't really either. So yeah, I yeah. was just like, I wasn't, I, I knew I wasn't going to go. I just wanted my parents to be like, oh. you tried. He tried. He tried the smart one out of this one, like top of his college class and shit, LMU <laughs> and stuff. Like, you're just back there. Like, yeah. yeah, they were banking on me to do something. I was like, nah, can't be. <laughs> And so I was like, I'm going to do college at this music school. So my yeah. dad's like, yeah, I got you. Go do that. And so I went. And then like everyone's like on the computer and it's taking a really long time. And I was like, I'm trying to rap, dog, like, right now. Like, <laughs> And they're like, well, well, we'll get there in four weeks when you do your, your project at the end of the year. I'm like, yeah. like, no. And I literally walked up out of class, like left. That was paid it. for the tuition for the first semester or whatever. I walked out. I was like, I can't do it. Not yeah. my vibe. And I walked out. Some <laughs> kid saw me and walked out with me. Oh, jeez. Like, what do you do, man? I was like, I need to rap. I'm to make music. We're talking. We're talking. And then, long story short, like he ends up being this like Swedish producer that I got I met through. The other kid in the class, yeah. Okay. And there was another kid in that class that went to my high school that I also Mm. was like I knew it was just like a little thing, but they knew each other. What I get introduced to him. Long story short, this conversation, this friend of mine from Sweden, we end up making music together, and I'm singing hella auto tune, but melodies. Right? (laughs) He's like, I love your melodies that you're coming up with. You should intern for me in Sweden when I go make this album. So I was like, I'm out. Let's do this. So I moved to Sweden. You wow. moved to Sweden? Yeah, when I was like 17 or I just oh, turned 18. Wow. To work on, and you think, yeah, Sweden, like crazy, right? Like in my head, I'm like, yo, I made Hot it. Hot chicks. In my head, yeah. Like, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, baby. Sorry, baby. This was a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I was like, you guys are going to college. I'm about to go to Sweden. Like, <laughs> like whatever. I get there. This is the first time I traveled alone. This is the first time I'm out of the country. So now I just walk into like, wait, everything's in a different language. Like, I'm ignorant. I'm an ignorant kid from, you know, Van I sometimes. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, it's negative degrees. Like, I wasn't prepared what I got into. Yeah. And then I get to Sweden. And it ends up being like this whole thing of the artist wants to make a depressing soul album. So the label gives us a budget to go to the most depressing place in Sweden. No one told me this until I got there. Uh-huh. I thought I was going to be in, you know, uh, yeah. where's where's the... Where's the highest Where's rise? the champagne? Yeah, and the- <laughs> yeah, you know, like I'm in Stockholm. I'm I'm by the yeah. waters, whatever. It's sunny in my head. I didn't realize it was going to be like snowing and freezing and they have one hour of sunlight. Fun. But it doesn't matter. No, it's, I mean. Because I went and it changed my life. Because mm-hmm. we stayed in an old priest home. Wow. In a cemetery. Oh. And they, they gutted it out and turned it into a recording studio. That's really That's cool. so dope. It was so interesting. So, but like. <laughs> If you think about it now, it's dope. It's yeah, the, but I it tell is. everybody you're like seventeen. Imagine like all I want is in and out in a bath, and like <laughs> you're like, yo, you probably won't eat for months now. And we took a train, and then we took like a three hour ride into the forest, and I see this like sign of a number. I'm like, what's the number? What's like the forty? And they're like, oh, that's the people in the town. So I was like, there's only like forty people in this town. Oh my god. And I'm like, okay, like I guess I don't have no idea what I'm getting into. 
Then we just start driving through a cemetery. And I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> then we get to this up? little house in the cemetery and the guy comes out and gives us the key. And then he takes our car and then he left. And I was like, what just happened? I'm not hearing because it's not in English, by the way. And so I'm honestly, I'm like, yo, what what just happened? There's two guys that speak English there. And they're like, oh, like he's coming back like in a, like months. And I was like, what? In months? Like, like, <laughs> like two months or some shit. And I was like, what? Like, what? how do we get anywhere? Like, And they're like, no, we're not leaving. Like, we need to make the album. We have a budget, like a time. And my internship was me like sweeping and cleaning and making food and doing things like that. Oh, sheesh. And then maybe coming up with a melody. That's all in Swedish, by the way. So it's just a melody. So it's just me singing and being like, well, we might use that. We might not. So I'm cleaning, making grilled cheese sandwiches 24-7, fish. (laughs) And fish. And fish. I'm not a fish fan. Well, (laughs) the the only thing that you could have ate in there at the time was like bread, toast, and eggs and cheese. And fish. What kind of fish, <laughs> though? Like, like microwave? Like, I mean, no. like the kind you put in the oven, frozen, or like Wait, you're cooking fish? Oh, know. you're thinking like fish stick? Yeah, it's I'm Sweden. Think- it's probably like fish out of the yeah, water. Yeah, fish like, out of the water. But, oh, okay, but, I needed a visual. But, but there's a market that gets fish sticks that the locals do make fish sticks, and See? that saved my career. <laughs> <laughs> um, but beyond that, it was a tough situation. But I remember I was like, I've got to quit if this is how you make music because my. Uh, we were working all day and I would do like 48 hour days nonstop Mm-mm. and what? like it was like constantly. Yeah. And then there would be a time where I would record from my, cause he's like, let's make a Harry demo. Like let's have, we'll work on your album while we're working on this guy's album. But your slots of recording is 2 a.m. to 7 a.m. Oh, fun. And so like, I have to come up with songs like during this time and I'm so exhausted from working mm-hmm. all day. And I remember like one of the times I was singing and I was so something and like the guy's like ah shit this is shit so bad and I'm like what the fuck like he's like get outside and so he gave me a water and the water was warm and he gave me the water and he said go outside until this freezes and then come back in when you realize how shit you sound (gasps) and I was like what the fuck and so I did that and so I would go and I would talk to there was like some people next door that I would wave to and there is it's so I feel bad but there was a guy in a wheelchair and I think he was like paraplegic they couldn't you know, he had a yeah. like, nurse. He was our next door neighbor. Yeah. But he, they, she always put him out the window to look out for like three hours at a certain point of the day. So I had to stand out and just <laughs> stand there <laughs> while the thing's getting cold. And I'd walk around. And I did this and I was like freaking out. I'm like, is this what music is? Like, is this how it takes to be a prof- Now we're talking about professionals. Now I'm in a professional studio. ABBA just left the oh. studio, like type thing. You know, and I'm like, okay, well, this is what I want. This is what I need to be doing, right? <laughs> and like... It just kept being harder and harder. And I was like, oh, it's like I'm abuse. not... Ma- you got hazed but instead like of going the, to college. And then I was like crying. As, yeah. And then these guys brought me in. They're like, this is just how we... Like, we're not trying to haze you. We're doing this because we believe in you. Okay. Right. right? So it was like tough love Tough love. that's how it... And music's this... Like, Swedish people, I think, are the greatest of all time. If you're looking at music, songwriting, producing, art. Like, they have... So there's an energy out there for some reason. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the discipline and mm. I think it's the focus and it's like this whole thing where I, I don't know how to be disciplined. I didn't come from that. I come from like... America? Yeah, America. Also like, yeah. I do what I want to do. No one's going to tell me what to do kind of thing. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And you don't have that discipline and you go to a different culture and they're like, yo, this is how we clock in every day and this is how we work every day. Wow. And this is like we're focused. It's not like trying to shun me. It's like, keep up with us because mm. this is how we're working. Right. And I remember calling my brother and I was like, I can't do this. Like, I don't want to do this. It's too tough. He was like, well, okay. He's like, cool. Like, I'm going to start signing you up for Santa Monica College. Mm. <laughs> and he was like, cool. Like, I like, he's like my dad and everything. So he was like, <laughs> cool. I'm signing you up for Santa Monica College now. 
And I was like, he's like, I'll get you a flight and you'll come back like this week from Sweden. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, like you try the music thing, like cool. Like, and I was like, no, but I still want to do music. He's like, no, you're doing music right now. You don't, you don't want to do music if you're going to do that. And I was like, well, and he's like, well, do you want that? Or you want to go to college? Cause like either way. And I was like, well, I don't want to go to college. He's like, so you stay. And like, if that's what you want. And I remember like, he can tell you like this, it switched up like right after that. Yeah. Where it was like a whole different like, okay, this is actually what I want. So I don't care if I have to sleep on the floor, which I was doing. I slept right. in an attic and on the floor with like a bed and a blanket when it was freezing and no heat in the place. And you have to take oh. cold showers and like this whole thing where it was just discipline. Yeah. And I was like, I want to make music so bad. So now when I go to LA and they're like, do you want a runner to get you Starbucks or something? And you're like, what? No, like I will walk and I'll do it. Like, you have this whole discipline of work. Like I want to get in and get the it worth done. Ethic I don't was want like, the yeah. professional studio feeling. I want the, you know... We used to, we set up a studio in uh, one of the storage spaces in like downtown. My friend literally had a storage room and then he was illegal because he was here from Sweden. And so he couldn't afford to do it. So he got a little storage space and turned it into a studio. So we'd go down there. Like that's where I love making music, where it's uncomfortable. Right. Still to this day, I can only make music when it's uncomfortable. I love that. Yeah. I'm like, so where are you making (laughs) it? Downtown right now. (laughs) Oh, baby. Where am I making music right now? It's like an old abandoned like hospital. <laughs> so good. <laughs> but um, and like the songs I'm making are like really sad folk songs. So it's like gives me a vibe. It's so such a far departure from rap. Yeah. So I will get. We'll uh, get yeah. No. I'm like. Yeah. So rap is where it's starting, the whole thing. And now with the Swedes, I'm making pop music. Mm-hmm. Oh. Right? So it, turn, it starts slowly because I'm singing. It's auto-tune. Katy Perry, Kesha's blowing up the charts at this time. Pop. You know, yeah. Like, this is where it's at right now. You know, so I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I'm trying to make really poppy songs, right? And we make them. Come back to L.A. He's at a light label and he actually enjoys the songs now. So we made it to a place where, like, he's like, let's take it into a label. Hmm. And so now, like, we start shopping around music you know and then we're like oh that's not good enough so but now like i have a flow of what sound i kind of want this kind of pop sound so we're making music and now we're, now we're talking to labels and then finally we find a label that is interested and that i was interested in them and like i was a huge fan of them in the beginning and we got this whole like we made the whole album or project that i wanted to make and it's very poppy and very cute or whatever <laughs> and i just turned 20 at this time mm-hmm. And it's Friday. We're meeting with the label. They're like, we're going to come by Monday. We're going to start contracts. We want to hear more things. Like, it's going to be a go. So me and him were like, what the fuck? We did it. You know, like, after all these years of, like, there are so many moments where it could have gone. Right. Whether it's rap, whether it's other pop, whether it's, like, these things. Now it's finally about to happen. It's a Friday. And I leave the label. We're excited. We're celebrating. Go home. And then my mom wakes me up, like, that night in the middle of my sleep. She's like, yo, you're having an asthma attack. We got to go to the hospital. So I'm like, I go to the ER like two in the morning, three in the morning. And nurse checks me and they just give me the inhaler and a ventilator kind of thing of of. Did you have asthma? Yeah, really bad. You've grown up with it your whole life. So I grew up with it. So it was, she was like, you're having it. Like you're like choking in your sleep. So she takes me to the hospital. The nurse checks me. It's an ER. She's like, oh, let's give you all the inhalers and the breath, whatever, breath machine thing to like fill up my lungs whatever nebulizer nebulizer and 
randomly the head of the doctor, because we're at the ER, so it's attached to the hospital. Yeah. The head doctor of the hospital left his bag or his laptop at the hospital. So he came back at night, like at 2.30 in the morning. And I was the only person in the ER. So he walks past me and I'm about to leave in like 10 minutes. And he's like, what happened to you? I was like, oh, I have asthma. And he's like, can you cough for me? Can you do all this stuff? And he was like, come with me. And he takes me to the hospital, turns on all the CT scans, the PET scans, the whole thing, puts me into all of it, comes back. I'm waiting for like an hour with my mom. I see this dude walking down the hall and I was like, oh, fuck. I just knew it right away. Yeah. I knew it because I also knew as a kid that I was going to get cancer, as crazy as that sounds. Like, I just didn't know when. Like, I see like a lot of, like, I feel a lot and I see a lot and I knew it was going to happen. And so when I saw him walking, I was like, I've seen this a hundred times before in my life. And so I'm like bracing myself because I know he's going to say some crazy shit. And so I'm trying to brace myself for my mom. Mm. So like he comes and he puts the scans on the wall and he takes a knee. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And he's grabbing me. He's like, this is the hardest part about my job. No. <gasps> like the years, tumors like all over your body type <gasps> shit. Like, and my mom's like, did we catch it early? He's like, you need to start now. Like, if it went on for another month, I would have died. Like, in a, easy. Like, not even a question. But, like... The, and the, the asthma attack was unrelated, unrelated. to the cancer? It was, just, it was the just... Tumors pressing on my lungs and, like, things like that. So, like, they're like... Um, my mom's like, I'm now funny guy again. For sure. So my mom's That's fucking freaking out. That's when you get real <laughs> And I'm funny. like, mom, you know, it could be worse. Like, you're, like, you're like, you know, whatever the fuck I'll say. Oh, it's chill, mom. Like, ah, oh, whatever. Like, it is what it is. Then, like... I'm driving home. We have to tell, we have to wake him up and tell him like this whole thing of like, mm -mm. it started today. Like I have to go do three surgeries in a week. Then I have to start chemo the next week. Then I have to do, and plus I like have like a really bad uh, pneumonia, like really bad at the time. So it was like, everyone's freaking out. Now I have family members I haven't seen in 10 years flying to LA in a second. So I'm like, oh fuck. Like it's serious. It's real life. And now I'm like, this funny guy who's about to get a record deal who just goes to, who now is like, you may have a couple months, if that, right? And I'm like, whoa, what Is that the what fuck? they said? That's what they thought. And like, yeah, in the very beginning, yeah, for sure. Because yeah. they're like, it was leaning more towards like a leukemia. Mm. And so like, so we didn't know until we did this test, but we couldn't do the surgery until I got rid of pneumonia. Shit. Because you can't do any of that. So yeah. now I'm in the hospital. I'm like doing some, like, now I'm like on so much medication that I went from like, I had to use a cane to walk and nurses to, Get me, like, it was like going, lost like 85 pounds. Like this whole thing of like, oh, now this is crazy, right? And this is before I started chemo type things. And then I have to like do all this stuff before we started the chemo and then got rid of it all. Then we started the chemo. Or I did all the surgeries, like the spinal thing and like uh, open chest, like kind of like the biopsies and mm -hmm. things like that. So like my body was just like so out of it. Then I was having family members come in and like, I don't think I spoke like no words. I don't remember that. I was blacked out. But he's like, I didn't say words to anybody. I was just dead silent for like two weeks. Mm -hmm. Right? Because then I'm like having people come in. So I'm like, I am bracing for death. Right? And that's my biggest fear in life is like dying. Right? If I asked me as a kid, it's like, what's your biggest fear? It's like dying or losing a parent or doing something like that. So yeah. I was like, okay, well, now I have to like brace. And then I have to have the conversation of like to my family members of like, if I do die, like, you know, I love you guys. Like, those kind of things were like my dad and like, you know, he had problems growing up. It's like kind of like kind of this like forgiveness in my head of like, mm -hmm. he didn't mean to like, you know, be on drugs or things like that where I'm like, he was the most beautiful human in the world and people have their traumas and their problems. But it was like, this is the shift of my life right now is this moment of like, oh, well, like death is right here. And it's like, what is my biggest fear? Then it comes to a point where I got to have peace with it. 
you know, because they didn't know if I was going to wake up at night every time I went yeah. to sleep. I was like, oh, if something pushes on my chest and I die in the middle of my sleep, like, you know, so I was like, I don't know. And I had to come to a place of like, how do I find my, what the fuck is my purpose? Because now I'm looking back and I'm looking back at all the things I did as a kid and the things I said and the way I reacted towards people or past relationships or things that was happening. I'm like, oh, like I did it wrong. Like I didn't live life through my lens. I lived life through other people's fucking lenses. Mm, right. You know, and I was like, maybe I'm supposed to die. I think of butterfly effect. So I'm like, maybe something happens to me, something beautiful happened to my friends and family. Right. And maybe something they can remember or something like, oh, at least he, like that can give. So then it became cool with that. Cause I was like, oh, like live the way he would want kind of thing. So then I became like, maybe my brother, my, my parents, like something bad can happen. But maybe there's a beautiful thing at the end of that. Right. Cause I was like, I didn't do my purpose right. Then I started having fucking visions. I started chemo. And this is another shift. It's a beautiful shift. My first chemo, I sat next to this woman. And you get into a room now. Like, this is like what chemo looks like. You walk into a room and you see the fucking white walls and the lights that are like vibrant as hell, you know, like yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Fluorescent lights and just like the beep, beep, beep. And you're like walking around and you're like, okay. And everyone's looking at me like, you're my grandchild because I'm 20 and you're not a pediatric patient at that point. You're considered an adult. So you are now 20 doing chemo with 65. Plus, I can't relate to anybody. So they're like, oh, you're like my grandchild. You shouldn't be here. And I get it. But I'm like, but I am here. So it's like, let's relate to it in a different way. And I'm like, you're <laughs> cute and you shouldn't be here. Yeah. Like, but I'm dying but I'm too. But I'm here. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, in a weird way, like I was blessed with it because I feel like I can take things like that on, you know? And yeah. I'm like, okay, this is just, I like to see my life as like a movie. So like it's my lens again. But I remember I sat next to this woman named Bonnie and she was right here. <clears throat> She's like purple wig on, a pink wig, some weed in her bag, like <laughs> this whole thing. And she's just laughing. And she was like, oh, my God, grabs my hand. She's like, is this your first time? That kind of thing. And I'm like, yeah. And she was like, this is going to fucking suck, right? Kind of uh-huh. thing. And she held my hand. She was like, but you're, it's going to be okay. Da, da, da. And she's like distracting me as they're putting the chemo in. Now there's like this orange bag. And now I'm like, okay, this is like real life, right? The so she's screaming. She's grabbing my hand, this stranger. I feel so comforted by her because I'm like, you're going through it right now and you've been going through it. So now you're like, this is myself of like comfort right now. I don't know anything. Like no one else can relate besides this woman right here, Bonnie. So Bonnie's like, what do you love to do? Harry, tell me what do you love to do? And I was <laughs> like, um, I, I love making music. She's like, oh, I love music. She's like, I have a question. Would you die from music? That's the first thing she said. That's the first conversation we had. And I was like, huh? Like, what? Like I'm dying now I guess but I didn't say I didn't know what that meant so I was like but I die for music she said yeah like would you like would you put it all on the line for music like would that be the last thing you want to do and I was like thought about it and I'm thinking about like you know making music for maybe to escape something or get recognition then I'm thinking about prior making music as an escape as a child and then it was like music just shaped me and gave me this like feeling of understanding my feelings mm-hmm. other artists got to write feelings that I didn't know what a feeling was until I heard it mm. So I was like, I love fucking music. Music's changed my life personally. So I was like, yes, I would die for music. And she's like, no matter how sick you are, no matter how bad you feel, how nauseous, you know, how tired, you always put music before cancer now. So show up to the studio every day, whether it's a minute, whether it's five minutes, whether you're listening to someone else sing, whether you're writing a song, she's like, show up every day like it's work. You know, you show up to chemo like it's school. You know, it's like those kind of things where she's like, what about your friends and family? I love them. Okay music, friends, family, then you have cancer. Wow. You know, it's like, you're not a cancer patient. You're all these battling cancer, right? Kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And she's like, how old are you? I was like, 20. She's like, ah, 20. Like, 
20s were my favorite years of my whole life. Like, oh my God. Like, she's like, my biggest regret in life is not journaling what I did in my 20s because she figured she had Alzheimer's and she was like, you know, going through a lot of heavy chemo. And she's like, I, I don't remember anything I did in my 20s. I just know it was the best time of my life. Right. And so the next day, my brother got me a journal. He's like, start telling your story. So I've journaled in that every day for the last 10 years, nine years. And like, just like, I get to look back and then now I get to have a story. But this woman, she passed a week after that. Mm. But like, she like shaped again yeah. my whole life. And a lot of people I got close to their past, like, cause it was all a lot of, like a lot of like life advice and things like my biggest regret, Harry. And like, you're like my kid now. And like things like that, which got really heavy to a point where I had to move rooms and be private because I was like losing a lot of people. But like that moment, that's where everything changed. I was like, okay, now I get to fall in love with a whole different person. And that's so cool because like, it's like shedding skin, hmm. right? And I believe that like, we all have to do that at some point in life, many times, like a snake, you know? And it's like, that was my first layer, I think, for now I just turned 20. And I'm like, the first 19 years just got shed off mm -hmm. in a beautiful way of like, I love that person who I was, but I wasn't that person. You're not him anymore. You weren't yeah. him anymore. Yeah. You know, and it's that kind of thing of like shedding the funny things and shedding this where I'm like, okay, funny can work because now I'm the most entertaining kid in the cancer community. <laughs> I walk into chemo, what the fuck is up? And I'm like, shut up. Like, you know, and everyone's like, this kid is out of his mind. Showing up with like Taco Bell and like eating like fucking Blaha Blast and chemo and like trying like bringing his friends all the time. And like, they're like, yo, like he's, it's like this like disruption and like this way where everyone's like, we need this. Yes, we do. You know, do. because it's like this young, lively thing where all like the patients were like, yeah. oh, it's so fun when he brings his friends over and like things <laughs> like that. And like, whatever it was, but I'm like, okay, like if I have an opportunity, I'm going to fight for it. And I felt like this was the time where I was like, oh, I can beat this, mm -hmm. you know? And I'm like, I'm going to be good. And I started focusing on music. I started having like some of my best friends, we all started becoming closer. I lost a lot of friends. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of friends are, don't, are like, we don't know how to deal with that. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I get it. You know, a lot of some of my closest friends where I'm like, they're like, we don't know how to see our best friend die. And we don't know how to be there for It's you. a lot to face. You know, and so for me, I was like, what the fuck? Like, how do you guys not be here? But then like, as I got older, I was like, I understand that. Because like, we do not know how to do that. Yeah. Right. You know, and like, I get emotional talking about him. I'm like, yeah, like that was probably like sucked. But then I started meeting a lot of new friends and like started having experiences and like some of like, you know, so many opportunities. Like, Good morning, America and things. And now my idols are reaching out because I'm the first person on Instagram. Not one of the, like, well, one of the few who's promoting their Instagram just straight chemo and cancer like that's how I started getting a following was oh. going I was told to not do it they're like hey really? like maybe it's best to not do it because it can be uncomfortable for people to watch and da, da 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 and things like that and I was like I want to show the whole process of what chemo is and like me smiling in it and me doing these things and start promoting on Instagram so then people started being like we support you I started getting like tens of thousands of letters at our house and like my mom would like tape them all over the walls mm -hmm. I was like getting like you know of all these people like we're rooting for you and we get it and like you know, it was like such a crazy feeling where like I'm doing all these things and like, you know, doing phonathons with Celine Dion. I'm like, why am I with? Like, you know, I'm like, it's like, it's like these things while I'm going through it still. Like, I'm like, they're like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm still sick, you know, but like, it was more of a thing of me being like, well, whatever happens, like, I know there's so many people like me going through it and there's so many people who don't know how to talk. Mm -hmm. It's very short, like, it's very quiet conversation. It's like, cancer it's like right. don't jinx me or like i don't want to talk about it or yeah. like even with patients who survived it it's like ah, i don't want to bring it back up because it's traumatizing right i think 
the whole journey of the chemo was kind of just like, and cancer was under, it was like sh- the shedding of a person. And, and, and as weird as it is, chemo like literally makes you bald and shed mm-hmm. everything, right? right. It, literally it, it, like, shed it too, takes yeah. all of your toxic and cells and things, whatever, it flushes it all out. And so you kind of do renew everything. So it's like, how do I want to be now? Wow. Right. And so then I started heavily meditation and like heavily medicating myself. No, I started like heavily doing like meditation and readings and like, do you guys know Lake Shrine in Palisades? Oh, it's the best. That's where my grandma and I used to go when I was a kid. No way. Yeah. I grew up going there every Sunday when I was in LA. Wait, is that our, the realization? Yeah. yeah. Church the of Self-realization. self-realization. Yeah. I started going there a lot because it was near my, mm-hmm. uh, near the hospital I was going to. And it's just like a beautiful garden and there's a meditation room and you can walk around and sit. Like they have Gandhi's ashes there. Mm. Like just a really beautiful like spiritual experience. Yeah. Right? And so I started going there. Then I got a job like washing windows there for a little bit. And then like, it's like a weekend or two. Um, <laughs> not, not, not like a whole thing. I don't make it. I'm not trying to make it seem like, ah, oh, I was doing it. I was like, I was, like, I was trying to, vol- I was guy. just volunteer. I just signed yeah. up for like volunteering. So it's like passing out flyers or like washing <laughs> something or whatever. Because I was like, I am devoted to what's happening here so i started reading a lot about yogananda who mm-hmm. yeah. brought yoga to here and you know the whole meditation and he started becoming like a guide for me pa- you know how do you say it um, pramahansa yogananda yeah, yeah. and so I he started but the autobiography of a yogi changed my life incredible you know like fully changed my life and that kind of shaped me into who i want to become and that was all like after mm-hmm. the battle mm-hmm. with cancer and like thank god like i got through it and then it was kind of like what do i do next right you took it and it was an opportunity. Yeah, because it was like it wasn't an opportunity for me to just be like, okay, well, I'm yeah healed, and now what do I do now? It's like, you know, we were building my charity, so I have a charity called Ham hey, Here for You. And the hey, whole, I'm here for you. Yeah, guys, go check it out. No, it's like it's like, it's like we're <laughs> still no, we're, for sure. We're yeah, still, no, we uh, we're still in like the process of it, but it's like we just built a um, center in Nashville at Vanderbilt, wow. and so it's a teen cancer center. So what it is is for 13 and 19 year old pediatric patients, because also 19 year old is doing chemo with a four year old. Oh so you're going to be like, I don't want to fucking like, at least I lived enough life, a 19 year old, you know? And then you're like, but you're still 19. And then that kid's, it's fucking with your head. It's so heavy. So you're like, I should be this person's big bro or whatever. But then I also don't have anybody for me to talk to. Because I've talked to a lot of the kids going through it. And so we built a space with Teen Cancer America. And that's a company that was like founded by like Roger Daltrey and Pete Townsend from The Who. Mm-hmm. And they started, it was called Teenage Cancer Trust in UK. And they brought it out here. And they saw me on Good Morning America, so they helped me like bring it out here with them Aww. from like, when I was sick. And so I've known them for like 10 years now. Wow. Like that like couple, Geraldine and Simon, like they started it and brought it out here with them. But they built out teen cancer lounges in hospitals. So they have like hundreds of hospitals that they built these so lounges cool. in. And it's for 13 and 9-year-olds to have a space where they can come in something like this. Have, right. You know, there's recording studios, there's a gyms, there's, you know, TVs, there's you know, things like that where people can come and feel like they can relate to somebody. Yeah. Because it's illegal for, say we're on the same floor doing chemo and we have similar interests and we have the same nurse, but it, they couldn't introduce us. They couldn't na- name you. They couldn't mention what you have. They can't name your interest because it's under mm. HIPAA laws. They can't do oh, that. Right. But if we walk down the hall and we bumped into each other and you had a Laker jersey on or something, I'm like, oh, I like the Lakers too. Whatever it is, right? It's mm-hmm. like, then we can start the conversation. Then you can like, okay, cool. Then you guys should hang out. So you got to put them in the same environment. Yes. Mm-hmm. People don't know that. Wow. So you feel really lonely. Is there any other kids? I would ask all the time, is there any other kids like right. around here, like whatever, like near my age? Or like, they're like, oh, like, can't tell you, Ugh. you know, and like they much as they want to. The nurses are like, oh, the sweetest people in the world. But so we just built one in Nashville. Why Nashville? 
so it's funny. So it's gonna get more deep. Um, we like it. We like the we like so, the depth. Um, four and a half years ago now, I want to say maybe five. Life probably five. That's fucking crazy. Me, and my brother, and my dad. It was like around Christmas time, and he was like being like, "We gotta go to Nashville." And we're like, "Dad, like we ain't really got money right now, like that, like to go to get up and go to Nashville." Like, let's do Christmas in Nashville. Like it'd be so much fun. Me and the boys, like. My dad's obsessed with country music, folk music. This is where the whole mm-hmm. shift happened. Mm. Made us watch westerns all the time as a kid. Only country music, so I wasn't really a fan. Some of this is like, oh, I'm listening to in the car. Like, I want like mbop. You know what I'm saying? I don't want, <laughs> I don't want Johnny Cash right now as a little kid. You know, it's like that thing. But you know, we got older. My dad's like, we gotta go to Nashville. We have to see the Johnny Cash museum. We gotta see Elvis. <laughs> like, we gotta go to Memphis. We gotta do this whole thing. And so I was like, that sounds awesome, but we can't do it now. And like, we were very adamant about like, let's not do that because mm-hmm. we don't really have money and we don't want to waste that. And unfortunately, like two months after our dad passed, like randomly. What? Like from a heart attack. Yeah. Like. How old was he? 60. Just turned 60. And I was 23. He must have been 27, right? So I was like, this is two years after chemo where I'm like, oh, like life's. <sighs> and let's not talk about rock bottom. If I thought I knew anything about death, fuck no. No. Not even a little bit. Wow. And so I'm like, do you want to talk about like two biggest fears happened in my early 20s, like from each other, where I'm like, everything is fine. You know, I made this whole album. Now, this time I signed a Rock Nation. My dad got to experience it. I signed a Jay Z, who's my idol. Like yeah. things were happening. And it was like, whoa, like he was seeing it in real time. People promoting my music. Like it's actually like happening. So my dad got to be there and part of it. And we did a whole short film called King Cowboys Cry for my first album. So the life signed to the label and they're like, so we should do a music video. I was like, I need to do a movie that I just wrote. <laughs> and they were like, what the fuck? Who is this? Like, okay, it makes no sense. Like, we don't even have that budget. I was like, I need it. I need to do it all. I need to do a short film. And it was like, I wanted to make a short film for my dad. I wanted him to like my music so much that I made this cowboy. You guys can watch it. It's called Can Cowboys Cry? And it's a whole short film about like all my songs and me being like this like heartbroken cowboy who's trying to figure out life kind of thing. But through my music... And I made this album and like two days before it came out, my dad passed. And I was like, what the fuck was that? So now this whole thing was like an homage to my dad because yeah. I was like, why did I even do most of the country? Like it was like all like country It was for driven. him. I yeah. was like, what the fuck? For sure. You know, and like right after that, I had my first concert a day after he passed. And I was like, my and dad. did it? Yeah. Wow. Because well, he would have wanted you to. My, I, have this tattoo right? called, I have this tattoo right here and it says singers sing. Yeah. Because my dad would be like, we'd be in the living room, he'd be like, Harry, sing me that song you wrote. And I was like, Dad, no, it's not good yet. Like, it's fucked up. He's like, Harry, what the fuck? He's like, singers sing. You know that? He's like, singers fucking sing. That's all he would do. Singers fucking sing. Sing. I'm like, ah, Dad, it's not good enough. Like, I need to impress you. You know, he's like, I don't care. Right? And so, like, after you pass, I'm like, it's my first show ever. Like, you can't afford my album. You have to. To label people, to this thing. And, like, you know, I just hear this fucking voice. Like, everyone's like, don't do it. It's all good. And I was like, here, like, singers sing. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, I knew he did not want to leave. You know, and he's like, singers fucking sing. I'm like, yeah, you're right. And so I go up and I do it. And I was like, I don't know how you can do that. And I'm like, yo, I kind of like, after that, blacked out for like two years. And then COVID happened. But I toured nonstop for two years right after that. So right after that, it was just constant tour, nonstop, like for traveling and touring. So I didn't really have time to grieve. Mm. And then the world stops. And I'm like, what the fucking fuck the hell just happened? You're like, hello. Yeah. Ooh, and, then, and, then, and then rock bottom came like during COVID. Oh, fuck. But I was like, okay. Because I've had all these distractions. I'm like, I'm going to help people. Yeah. I'm going to do all this stuff. Like I was trying to help people during cancer, you know? And I was yeah. like, it's not for me. Like it's like me and God and we have something powerful going on here. And like, it's how I felt. And then when COVID, I was like, okay, how do I learn how to love myself? Yep. You know, like what is that process like? 
you said you didn't have the tools and now you might have some tools that you discovered in that, right? What were they for you? Well, I think it was just more of like a morning routine, I think is like the most perfect thing. Mm. I love helping people and like caring (laughs) for people. And then I'll do it to a point where I'm like, who am I? Right. And I'm like, what am I, what am I doing? Like, I like that stuff, but like, you know, I'd make 40 people food before I ate kind of thing. You know, like those kind of things where I'm like, I just want to give. Yeah. And then COVID made me want to not do shit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't give, I don't want to take, I just want to sit here and like figure it out. And then I kind of just like did that for too long. And then I'm like, I don't even know who I am. So I lost myself out of the whole thing. And Mm -hmm. then I think through like finding that morning routine, which is I started therapy, right? And for the first time? For the first time at that at that time. I'll start therapy for like a week and then I'll stop. Mm. He's like, for the first time that week. That, for the first time that time. <laughs> that that, that week, one time. With that yeah. person I talked to. That um, <laughs> which is also super tough. But then it comes to a point where like, I'm very Gemini. I'm very air sign, very floaty, like constantly. And it's very hard if I, if sometimes I'm too far. You can't bring me down. You know, like, and I need that groundedness to not be depressed and not have anxiety. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, which is like, putting my feet in the dirt in the morning, you know, like actually feeling the earth on, feeling your, the feet. Earth on yeah. your feet or like keeping yourself really like truly grounded, mm-hmm. you know, certain types of food, certain types of things that can be like, okay, like I am here, mm-hmm. not like, yeah. And during COVID, I'm like, okay, how do I keep the ground in it? So it was the morning routine, waking up sunrise, putting my feet in the dirt, you know, working out, um, journaling, reading a book, reading something new, keep your brain going. By all that, now it's like 8 a.m. and you're like, I just did so much. <laughs> right? And then you're like, okay, yeah. now I get to focus on the other things. Like, what makes me happy? Music, work, you know, meetings and things like that throughout your day. Like, relationship, you know, like, figure out how to family time, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, like, spending time with just, like, little little things to how can you go throughout your day. But I think finding the, finding those tools. And then I lost the tools again, right? And so yeah. now... This week, I'm actually going... Have you heard of Onsite? Yeah. yeah. I'm going this week. Amazing. I guess it's like a for your mental health. Yeah. It's like one of those check-in places, yeah, like yeah, kind of yeah. retreat, and they take your phone for like eight days. And Great. So like I'm still in the process of healing, right? Yeah. I'm still in the process, which is why I want to come on the show, because it's like, I'm not fucking... I don't have answers, but I want to talk about yeah. healing and talking about tools and processes of like how to do that, because I'm sure there's so many people who have tools. The key to like happiness is just like consistency of being content with the moment I feel like and it's mm. like how do you wake up even if you wake up depressed which is me a lot I'll wake up like yeah. I'm bipolar so I'll wake up and be like I'm angry and they're like why she'll be like why are you angry I'm like I have no idea <laughs> <laughs> like, I woke up I was like I had such yeah. a good dream last night but I'm fucking pissed and she's like what like yeah. you know and it's like Sometimes I don't know, and that's totally okay. Mm-hmm. Of course. Right? And that's totally fine. But then finding the tools that can help you come back to center. Mm. You know, my favorite thing. And I usually notice it when I go to like, I get like a morning coffee or matcha usually. And I talk to the barista and I'll be like, you know, it's usually like, how are you doing? It's usually like, I'm good. Pay. Why? Like, bye. That's how like I've been. Yeah. But I'm usually like, how are you? How is your life? <laughs> you know, and they're like... I'm good. How are you? And I'm like, I'm so depressed. You know, and then they'll be like, well, can I be honest? I'm so fucking depressed too. This yes. job is so tough. And then it's like, yo, I get it. And I have more of those conversations that you would think of people being like, because no one fucking wants to work that unless they own the shop and they're working in. They're like, it's a dream. Amazing. But it's like people have goals and people have like dreams that they actually want to accomplish. And it's realistically, you can't accomplish them. Mm. Yeah. Right. Knowing how to do it, knowing the right people, which is all possible. Right. Mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. like, 
which is the reason like I started my foundation. You know, okay, I'm here for you because it's like for these kids who are 13 to 19 who don't have. You're coming from places where it's like, especially in the South, like people are coming from no service places. People are coming from like land, yeah. like places like in the cuts because this is Vanderbilt is one of the top cancer research centers and mm. top facilities there is like so it was very long story short my dad wanted to go to nashville right <laughs> sorry i'm so sorry i keep fucking forgetting where i'm at he wanted to go to nashville and then after he passed those people said hey um do you want to build a cancer center i said yes yeah i was like where where is there available and they said something else and they said nashville and i said it's in nashville done and so i went to nashville I, we stayed there for a couple months i tried to meet like everybody there i could possibly meet every one of my dad's favorite country singers i'm friends Aww. with their kids now like Aww. like just be like i'm out here yeah you know just to feel my dad and be like hey like these and then they accepted me into that community and nashville is like my favorite place in the world it's an incredible city my what's favorite your place. dad's name richard <laughs> richard Richard, shout out. Yeah. He would be so hyped to be fucking I hear yeah. like, yeah, he's hyped right now. <laughs> I wanted um, to hear his name. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we built it there. And it's kind of like this like forever home that he has. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. And it's like really special to go and see like something that you get to build and it's gonna be there forever. Yeah. Um and you go and you visit. Yeah. So this year is gonna be really focused on that. Mm-hmm. So you guys should definitely come visit. I absolutely they have they have um, Ryan Seacrest built his studio in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and really? so they have they have a radio station inside the place, but strictly for the kids. So all the kids get to listen. They can tune in. Oh, in that's the, awesome! In the that's so cool. So he has that, and then I have the Hey I'm Here for You Center above it. Right now it's just a meditation room, a TV, cool desks. But I'm getting all my friends to like donate their clothes. So like every month they're gonna yeah. get stocked with like cool makeup and cool Dude, clothes. Dude, you tell me like I want to do please yeah whatever I, I can. So it's just like, and so these kids are gonna get this like cool opportunity right so i've always wanted to make my dream is to build a hospital but i'm like how do you you have to start by putting your foot in the door so this is the first foot in but it's like how do you make the disneyland of hospitals if i'm about to go to chemo like i'm about to be hyped yeah so it's like if for this one specifically i want to get to the whole world eventually but like for me i'm like why do i have so many connections and things not to be like hey like put this song out or do this like yeah amazing if if my passion reaches the masses in a way that it's supposed to be it's going to be naturally but through this, this is like a whole different like purpose feeling of yeah. like there's something so much bigger and there's so much reach that you can do. But if a kid is coming to go to chemo and they know that like, wait, this is a, hey, I'm here for you center where I'm about to do chemo. Like my life can change. Right. Yeah. Because the whole focus is whatever you want to do, I'm going to provide it. Right. Mm-hmm. So if a kid comes in and I want to be a scientist. All right. Well, we're teaming up with the Vanderbilt school. So I'm going to get contact with the college. We're going to get you a tutor. We're going to get you, you know, so you're going to start locking in every week about that. You know, eventually we're going to start building it like that. Or you want to make music. Okay, well, I'm going to give you a recording setup. I'm going to get you an engineer. I'm going to have you learn how to make music, record yourself, the business of music. Like wherever you want to find your field, if that's what you want to do, like we're going to provide, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, like there's make a wish and there's things Mm -hmm. that are all beautiful things, but it's like there's not one that caters to an individual in a group. Right, right. I keep hearing in my head, one of the things, I've been to the hospital a lot with one of my younger children. We've spent a lot of time in the hospital. And my mentor at the time was like, let's change it from you have to be there to I get to be here. And it got to the point where I could sit there and remind myself, I don't have to be here. I'm not a victim for being here. I get to be here. Absolutely. And that's like, what it sounds like you want those kids to experience. Like it's legitimately taking that victim and 
gifting them one of the most incredible experiences that they wouldn't be gifted yeah. had they not had that. Right. Yeah, because I see that it's like you get the kid who misses prom, you know, misses the, right. the their big football game, oh. or you oh, the know, like, like oh. all these, yeah. th- or their first day of high school, right? You know, and it's right. like oh, like, and especially young women, young guys, imagine going bald at that time, right? Yeah. Especially now with social media, a fifteen year old girl goes bald, like, and they can't afford a wig, and mm-hmm. you can't like you're gonna get bullied no matter what because kids are not fucking mature enough yet no. to understand how to like. Even if they don't want to bully them, they're going to look at them weird. Do these things. And it's so tough. And so, like, we'll provide therapy and mental health for these kids. Mental and health, things. They like, don't have that in hospitals. Like, they don't, I mean, like, that which makes like such no a no-brainer. Sense. Yeah. You don't even know. And it's like, oh my God. these things were these special little moments. Like, me and Jaden Smith, we got to, like, that's one of my, my closest friends. And we mm-hmm. got to go. He travels with me sometimes to these cancer centers because yeah. he'll come and people love him. You know? And we met this kid at couple months ago in Nashville and you know he loved Jaden and they started talking about Fortnite and video games and so like <laughs> they exchanged numbers and like you know me and Jaden were at dinner he's like I'm like who are you texting he's like oh you remember that kid that we met like, whatever he's like yeah we're just talking about video games or whatever but unfortunately like his mom hit me up and was like he just passed no. like he wasn't he like he wasn't even that like they didn't like we thought he was gonna be totally fine because Jaden oh was gonna God. give him like a whole gaming system and we're like getting it ready for it and like the mom hit me up and was like I just want you to let I want to let you know that you guys made his like he would not stop talking about Jaden, you know? And oh I'm like, God. you know, it's like those things where you get to provide even a moment like that. Like it breaks my heart because that's happened several times with us because I'll bring him somewhere because kids yeah. love him. And I'm like, you know, there's certain things where it's so much bigger and we all see it. And it's like, okay, it's not just about like, no, what's the bigger thing, mm-hmm. right? And these kids, he got a moment, but it's like, he was texting him. He's like, yo, I'm just like, hang, like we're talking video games and doing this stuff. And this kid looked up to, like, it was like, Jaden's like his idol. So it was like really cool to have, yeah. To bring that, but I'm like, beyond that, there's experience. Kids want to be seen. They want to be mm-hmm. loved. They want to be heard. And there's not equal opportunity everywhere, mm-hmm. right? And everybody's there like, isn't. LA, it's like not a real town. Growing up out here, like, it's yeah. like not real. No. It's like, it's different all. though if you grow up here, right? You have such a different perspective than everyone who comes here for it. For you know sure. what I mean? For sure. And I think it's like, people are like, how did you grow up? Like, how is yeah. this a real place? You or like, know? no, it's just like it's home. But like, yeah. real yeah. life happened to yeah. you, regardless of where, where you, you were. were. I mean, you've had a lot of real life for a young man. It doesn't matter. Real life finds people no matter what the situation is. She lost is. her dad at 15. Sorry, I always do this. Oh, I'm but sorry, yeah. Out of, you know, nowhere. Um, and she's a spiritual psychologist. Like, all the things that, like, what? you're hitting okay, on. come on. <laughs> I just got to put her yeah, on blast yeah. a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because I was like, yeah. how did you find healing and answers through that? Because at that young, I don't... I mean, I think that I had to in order to survive. You know, like, my dad died. He was shot by a police officer. And at that point, my mom went off the deep end. My sister, my brother, like, everybody... Whoosh, and I remember one night I was laying in bed and I was crying and it felt like blood. Like it just felt like, oh, like I'm dying from the inside out. And then I remember this just warmth came over me. And it was just a warmth, like you were saying when that guy embraced you. Yeah. It's that warmth that you can't explain. And I was like, whatever that is, that's spirit. And I think that that's what started me on my path. No, it's, it's it's funny that you say that because there was a moment I just forgot until you said that. But it was the night before I did my open chest surgery, mm. and there was this. This is like a this is a wild moment, so it's very spiritual. But mm-hmm. 
Have you heard of the book of Kabbalah, the Zohar? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I had, um, we were all like, it's like I had a 6 a.m. surgery. It's probably like 9 p.m. about to go to sleep soon or whatever. And I'm in the hospital bed. This is those two weeks where I wasn't talking. And a rabbi walked in. This is like a joke. But it's like a rabbi yeah, walked no. in. Like, <laughs> <laughs> real life. Real life story. But a rabbi walked into the my room with the Zohar and was like, hey, like, you know, I have a group out here and we want to pray for you. I'm dark right now. So I'm like, I didn't say anything. But in my head, I'm like, Who the fuck, what the fuck are you? prayer's going to do? You know what I'm saying? What is this going to do? You know, why are you here? Yeah. Like, I was just mad. So mad. But I'm like, and I'm also hurting. I'm also scared. And so I'm like, whatever. And my dad is very spiritual. So my dad's like, yes, like holding him. Like, let's go. Pray. And the guy gives me a book. He's like, this is the Zohar. It's small. It's pocketbook. He's like, this is the book of healing and protection. You know, you put it on where it hurts at night or you keep it under your pillow. And I have a tattoo of it. It's like a oh, faded thing yeah. of it. Which is funny because you're not supposed to get tattoos when you do Right. <laughs> like, I'll, show, I'll show rabbis, like, I got the Zohar. And they're like, no, no, no. Like, no, no don't do that. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, man, I got that omen or something. I don't know what I did. Um, but but um, I, I remember, um, I remember it was like, I had like two IVs in for some reason. I remember when I had to go to the bathroom, I have to press a button and the nurse comes and untakes one of them and I have to carry one of them to the bathroom. So it's a whole process to go to the yeah. bathroom, right? I'm using the decapitator. I'm chilling because I don't want to go to the bathroom. That's, what, yeah. that's what you pee yeah. yourself. No, yeah, yeah. We've no, done I'm, I'm that when we people. had oh, not, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When we had babies. babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so, the best thing in the world. So, we're yeah. like, don't you wish you could always thing. have that? Yeah, yeah like, 1,000 uh, percent. Like, like, I'd be peeing right now. Yeah, I'm so happy. That. We should get them. <laughs> we really should. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't have to leave. But, so, like, it was very difficult. So, I'm kind of going this whole thing. And I remember... Everyone left, and I'm in the bed, and I'm facing this way, and there was a couch over there where you guys are, and I tossed the Zohar over there. When he left, I'm like, I'm not keeping this book where I'm sleeping or whatever. I'm so uncomfortable. I'm like, no book's going to help me kind of thing. And then my mom, my brother, and my dad, they left to go home. They were going to come back and come in the morning when I did the surgery. So everyone leaves, and I fall asleep. Everything's chill. And then I feel like someone stroking my arm like this, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, it feels so good. You know, it's like that kind of thing. And I felt this really warmth. And usually the nurse will slowly wake you up because they have to take your blood every two hours. Mm-hmm. So you have to wake you up and then poke you. It's the worst. Like oh, awful. And so I'm feeling this. So I'm putting my arm out like, okay, she's just trying to wake my arm up. And then I felt like this warmth wrap around me, like which, exactly that feeling. And then someone whispered in my ear, like, you're going to be okay. And like, everything's going to be okay. And I felt like a kiss on my head. I remember this so well. And... Like, that was it, right? And I felt this warmth, and I looked up, and no one was there. And then, this is this is a true story, and it could have just been high on drugs, but I believe it was real. But when I woke up, I was clenching the book like this to my chest, like holding it like this. And my mom was like, my mom took a picture. My mom came in in the morning. She's like, oh, you look so cute when you were gripping your book. And I was like, how was I gripping the book? I was like, did you give it to me? And she's like, no. Remy, did you give it to him? No. Dad, did you give it to him? No. Nurse, did you bring the book over and give it to him? No. So either Dude. I got up, which I couldn't. No. And like, I don't know what happened. And this is a real life story. There's not like, like, and, like yeah, no, I believe it. 1000%. And so that moment changed again. Cause I was like, okay, I can do the chest surgery. So I'm laughing. Whoa. I'm doing this whole wow. thing. Like it's like ER. I'm in the, push me down in the cold room. Like the whole thing. And I'm like, after that, I felt peace. Wow. And wow. I was like, I started talking again. I was a whole different person. What is your connection like spiritually now? <laughs> Beyond. Well, it's, <laughs> my mom. Yeah, he looks like he knows. He's like, I brought Jesus. <laughs> well, our mom is very like intuitive. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. Like medium esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like my we grew up with very I was like, you know, my mom would What's your mom's name? I feel that Susan. What's your, by the way. Susan? Susan. Susan. Yeah. She's a beauty. She's I wish I love she was Susan. Like, I love you, Mom. <laughs> she's the greatest. She's superwoman. But she's funny as fuck. But she um <laughs> as a kid would like be on some witch shit, like call out like she would have psychics around and friends around their mediums and things where I'm like, she'll be really intuitive. And I'm like, I used to call her a witch all the time. My like, mom, like, you're a witch, like, you know, type things. Or she was very, you know, mm-hmm. what I am now. But um <laughs> she she like opened up this whole sense of like universal. I think spirituality for me, growing up in a Catholic church, I, I practice every religion mm-hmm. because I try to find every answer mm-hmm. possibly, mm. you know? And yeah, so I'm like, I'm like, what are, I feel like after you lose somebody, you're like, who, exactly. what are the answers? <laughs> who wears heaven? What is God? Which mm-hmm. one should I believe in? You're like, you know, and then you come down to like, it's all, it's all one thing, mm-hmm. you know, all of yep. us is one thing. But I think um, going to that, I don't even know what the fuck I was talking about. Spirituality. Mom, spirituality your connection. So many ghosts as a kid, I saw. <gasps> that's you got, what, that's ha- what it please was. tell us. I want to do that. Who you were they? <laughs> were they children? <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, no. This is actually, so this is how I started seeing ghosts. I would always like be afraid. Lived in a, <laughs> we lived on the third floor apartment building, two bedroom. Like for some reason, I would always lock my door. Yeah. I don't I can't Duh. trust no. My mom's like, what the fuck you are you doing? You lived in You do have to lock your door. <laughs> but no, like not in an apartment building. Like, like whatever it was. I, I, my, and lock the house door, but not my bedroom door. And I remember I would lock it because like I would see somebody all the time. Mm-hmm. And she's like, why are you always lock the door? I was like, oh, like I never told her because I was like, I think I'm crazy. Sometimes the toilet would flush and sometimes things would like happen. Whatever. I just remember... One time I was walking to get a water and I would always sprint to the kitchen. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know, like the oh, the old sp- nighttime yeah. kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, they're all watching yeah, me. Absolutely. Everyone's watching me. <laughs> so I'm sprinting. And I get the water and I'm looking around. I'm looking around. And, you know, it fills up. It takes a while to fill it up. So I'm looking around. And then I saw a man on the couch. Nope. And so I was like, oh. And I like stopped in my tracks and I realized he was kind of like glowing in a way. I'm like, okay, he's not real. This is a real life story, by the way. And I'm like, whoa. I didn't know what to say. And I started just like talking, but without talking. There's no words. And he just started sending me information. Oh, sounds like and an acid trip. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. So imagine a guy, he's sitting down on my couch. He has a martini glass and he's smoking a cigarette. Oh. This is all going on, on my couch. So I'm like, what the fuck? And then he was like telling me that like, I'm watching over you. Like, da, da, da. Like, um, he's he's gay. He was like, da, da, da. Like, all these things where he was just expressed. Like, he can't stop smoking cigarettes. Like, <laughs> The war got to him and all this shit. So I'm like, what the fuck? This is a real life thing. And so I go to my room and then I keep falling asleep. And then one day my mom's like, what's like, she like called me. I was like, mom, like, I think I see your uncle. And she's like, I was like, okay, like, you, you, what do you, why do you say that? And I was like, I don't know. Like, this is what I'm seeing. I was like, I see a figure. What do you see? And I was like, well, there's this guy and he's been telling me these kind of things. And he has this martini glass and a cigarette. And my mom started breaking down. She's like, yeah, no. like, that's your, that's my uncle. That's your great uncle. And she's like, well, this is weird because I saw a medium a couple of weeks ago and she, no, like my mom was at dinner and the woman was like, hey, Sue, can you tell Bill to stop flicking my hair? And so my mom's like, what? So I was like, and this is in our house. And so my mom was like, Bill, stop flicking her ear. And then she's like, no, like he, he's not, like he's like really annoying. Now he's playing with my hair. So I was like, Bill, like stop. Like, can you ask Bill why he's even here? And then she was like, oh, he is here to watch over your youngest son. Ooh. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, okay. Like, well, we have his ashes in her in my mom's like room for mm-hmm. some reason. 
She's like, well, what should we do with the ashes? And he's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm dead. <laughs> you know? Like, and she was like, okay, that's how he talks. Like, that's yeah, what he would that's say. Yeah. yeah. So she's like, okay, whoa, weird. And then I told her that. My mom's like, okay, well, yeah, that is him. And he is watching over you. And I was driving his car at the time. And so like. What a trip. That's when I, and then I started just like, it started unleashing where I would go to places, my mm-hmm. friend's houses and things. And you would just and like, keep, start seeing ghosts. Yeah. I wonder if it was him in the hospital. No, it was definitely my grandma. Oh, oh her, name no. was, like, her name was sweet... Hope. Yeah. Oh, okay. And she my, was and my dad's mom. And she used to do mom. that? Like, stro- I never met her. Oh, she shit. was my dad's mom and she passed away right before I was born from oh, cancer. Oh, my God. Oh. Mm-hmm. But it felt like I got grandma. to see the next life. Yeah. And I saw her because I did, I got to see her. Wow. Okay. And it was a very like clear visual. And that moment was like, you can call it what you want to call it, but I woke up, this is all I remember. And I woke up from surgery after this moment, but I remember waking up which I thought was from surgery. And I'm in a room, which I thought was a hospital room. So like I get up and I feel like so light. And I'm mm. like, oh, there's no cords on me. There's nothing. And I was like, that surgery went amazing. That's how I'm feeling in my head. And this is a real life thing that's going on in my head. And there's curtains like this. And I open up the curtains and I realize that I'm just floating on water. And it was just like me floating on water in a room, but the room was perfect. And like everything was perfect. I just felt so good. Mm. And we were going out into this balcony where it is and I saw my grandma watering yellow roses mm. like in a in there's a little island in the water like a little sand pit like yeah. patch and she was watering these roses and they were cut, growing out of the sand wow. and she looked up and she was like wow like it's so great to finally meet you and she was like you look like more beautiful than I can imagine mm. and she's like sweetie but I can't meet you like this like you need to go back this is a real life thing and I was oh like my what? God. And I couldn't comprehend what was even happening. Because I was like, I don't want to go back. I want to be here. Oh, my God. With the yellow roses. Yeah, with this water. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the This hell? is a real life thing. She's like, you have to go back. And I was like, what? And then I felt someone grab my <gasps> shoulder. And then I felt like 50 hands grab my like body. Mm. And then I walked back into the bed. And then I woke up. And then like I was actually in like woke up from the surgery. Out of surgery. In the hospital. Yeah. Do you think you kind of, do you think you passed to the other side for a minute? Like I don't. I'm not going to say. I just feel like I am. After that moment, I'm not afraid of death. Oh, because you saw, like, you felt clear. like you saw it the other side way and it was too like, clear. This, yeah. Wow. It was, and I can remember like yesterday, like, it was way too, like, oh, if there wow. is a place we go after this, like, we're good. We are chill. Oh, oh my God. You know, and so, like, when my dad passed, it took a while. I'm like, oh, he's definitely there. You know, kind of yeah. vibe. I'm like, he, that, like, my dad lost, like, his, like, a lot of his closest people in his family. So, like, for him, I'm like, oh, he's at peace in yeah. a cool ass mm-hmm. way. And, like, you know, I think from, that moment I started really grasping on to like, there's something so much bigger than this. And I think for people right now, especially it's like, you know, I've talked to friends and their little brothers who are like, I'm depressed at 11. Yeah. Like the girl got <sighs> mad because I didn't know if it was they or them or if I was, the, you know, it's like, there's these things that are happening now where it's like, you can't put that pressure on a child. Mm-hmm. And then kids are getting bullied by it now because they don't know how to talk or react to it because no. it's like, Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, this that's kid is not like a, okay. My friend had to fly, like, you know, take his brother. His brother, like, lives back east, and he, like, flew him out here so we could all hang out. You know, he's a like, younger 12 years old. And, like, you know, like, he's just like, you know, like, this girl, like, da da my friend makes it didn't do that. Like, oh. He's like, well, I'm kind of, like, chubby. I'm like, you're 11, dude. Like, yeah, you're, you're 11. About, Eat a Pop-Tart. Yeah, like, yeah, you're talking it. about, Pop bro. Like, yeah. but there's so much pressure I from know. social so media. It's and, social like, media. I want to look like this person or feel oh, this thing where it's, like, Let's like, I want to try to help people escape, you know, in a beautiful, not in a way of like from themselves, but like 
balance it. Yeah. You can have social media. It's not a bad sure. thing. It's a beautiful tool. Anything is a beautiful tool if you make it. Or if you but, but it's, know how to use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, thank you. But I'm like, I don't, I don't like, you know, I'm glad I didn't grow up with the social media. But now I'm like, oh, like, I don't even know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know how to act on social media. I'll post something and overthink what I'm about to say 20 times. I'm like, right. And then you're like, it could oh, be offensive what, or it could be weird. Is or it, it could, like people liking it? Like what? I, it's just such a mind. Did I get enough comments? I'm like, what the, does yeah. that even what am I doing? Right. What am I what is doing? This? Yeah. It's, it's I know. really a mind fuck. We were actually going to ask you about that because when looking at your social media, you're not like, look at me, look at me. You're not someone yeah, that like, posts you a lot. Posts, like you don't have like a lot out there. Yeah. And like there, that made us question. We're like, I wonder what his relationship, relationship is, with it. is with it. You know? Because I think I started like being heavy on social media. And like right. some of my friends are like social media, you know, and it's yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, that's there. Like they can kill that. They do that. You know what I'm saying? And for me, I'm just like, I just exist. <laughs> and I want to just try to explain my story. But I think I, I deleted a lot of stuff on Instagram and things. Like yeah. That. Oh, so I you, would, ha- you like got rid of I got that. rid of, and just kind of just like for the last two and a half years, kind of mm. just like, I'm not going to post as much and yeah. not be so present because I'm like, I want to build out the music I want to make. Mm-hmm. I want to travel with that music. Like mm-hmm. we're working on a show right now and it's like, this is not a concert kind of show. Yeah. Because I don't like when you walk into a show and it's lights off and and you're really excited because the artist you're about to see is going to come out and they do this magical get up and then like it kind of dies down and you watch the show and you're like, that was cool. And then they sang my three favorite songs or whatever. Like, how do we bring this feel? Like, it's like, I'm trying to create a show where it's like you leave the house and then you go back. Like, I am a whole different human. So like the music we're making right now, it's like we're dropping singles starting in February back making music but it's like every song i drop comes with a meditation version of the song oh my god so i'll play I it for you guys that. but it's like yeah it's like the first song we're releasing is called emotional hangover mm. and like the idea i'm like what would you want to listen to with a hangover just in general like when you wake up in the morning yeah and so there's like a five minute meditation version to it just play it for five minutes That's and amazing. it's really just like a car ride driving thing but everything i'm putting out there's a reason behind it yeah you know, because I'm like, I don't want to just put out music and do this and try to be like everyone else. And it's like, how do I, how do I showcase me? Mm-hmm. Right. Because you're more than just the formula. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think I could make music. And that's my happy place. It's like going to the hospital studio. <laughs> <wherever that's happening. laughs> I can't just, with that. Just, that's so and good. It's so good. <laughs> and sending like, you know, just like trying to figure out what I can say. And I think that goes back to the folk music because folk music is very like singer songwriting and they have a story to tell and then they're not afraid to tell it in a cool way. Um, Which I find myself like falling into love with that, that pocket more. Mm. I say it's like euphoric folk. I love it. It sounds very euphoric. Your your voice is gorgeous. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Thank you. I gotta send you guys the songs. Yeah. But yeah. So I'm like, that's what I'm focusing on now is just trying to create the next level of art for Mm. people. If you want to leave the house, I want you to leave the house and be like, that was weird as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, a show can be sing for five minutes and you guys come and we do the podcast on the, at, yeah. at the concert. And then meditate. And then meditate. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what just happened? Like, yeah. I want every show to be different. Where it's like, that was so random. You just and, want an experience. Yes. And like, everything yes. has an intention I'm, behind it yes. too. Yeah. It's so good. Now I'm thinking about, I have a question for you. Uh-oh. Oh, not, nothing bad. <laughs> I'm just, I just think of like social media age, like you being on one of like the biggest shows at a time when there wasn't social media. Yeah. How did that, like, your mental during that time Cause I feel like during it's, that process, there was like a whole, like, it was like a moment of like, I don't know. I feel like that time was like crazy. It was different yeah. for sure. Like, it's so funny. I was talking about it this morning and because when that show was at its height, it was more still like 
that paparazzi culture yeah. of like trying to get the picture because there wasn't another outlet. Yeah. Like social media, I feel like Twitter wasn't around. And I feel like mental health wise, if it would have existed and the show being, you know, as successful as it was, how would I have handled that at 21 years old? And I think there's so much pressure around it. And I look at some of the, like the shows that are like Riverdale or whatever, and they have a huge presence on social media. I just wonder how that would probably like affect your mental yeah, health. Totally. And I mean, the kids like, like Misha and all the girls, like Lindsay Lohan and like Paris Hilton, I feel like that was really that generation. Generation yeah. where, but the paparazzi were like Non-stop, watching their every yeah. move. So I don't know, because like, what's better? But you your mental of health, social media. Yeah, mine. I mean, I was fine. She yeah. was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She was. She was good. I was fine. <laughs> and you, where did you grow up in the valley? In North Hollywood. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I thought I thought that'd be curious. Because I'm like, yeah, at that time, yeah, and being that young, and it's like all that craziness. But then again, growing up in LA, I'm sure it's like. Well, we grew up like we were young, like going to all the clubs and like yeah. doing all the things, like way before we were supposed to, yeah. you know, like sneaking in and all of it. So by the time we it's could, actually there, I was like, like eh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, like Dublin's. Remember? Dublin's. You're too young. too young. You're too young. Where's Dublin's? Tell me. Dublin. It, Dublin's. No, like, it's in Jay-Z's song. Like, yeah. it was like one of the clubs back in the day when you would have probably been... Was it in LA? Yeah, on Sunset. We used to go to club. We were like 14. Like, Peanuts in LA, Bublin and Dublin's, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Is it yeah. Peanuts? I don't even know. I don't remember. I'm making up lyrics. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm making up words. <laughs> peanuts. Like, what the... That's just what it is in my mind. Sorry, Jay-Z. <laughs> it's something, though. But I think that I That's think so that almost she got saved in a way that it wasn't social media. Like the paparazzi thing was gnarly. We used to have to hide her and like switch cars and do like crazy yeah. ass shit. It was nuts. Yeah. And I feel like almost it's easier on a lot of people now because of social media that they're not stalking people well they can and you also control your narrative to a certain extent like what you're putting out there that's true i mean there's certain things that get caught still by paparazzi you know and i can't imagine being any like i know you're friends with you know the most famous people in the world like i can't imagine having that much attention and like you know because like for them it's like what's life without social you know like right you know right they're like what is that like (laughs) yeah you know and they're like that sounds awesome what do you fear now that you've faced what most people fear. Spiders. That's what I said. <laughs> That's what you said. I said, I bet it's spiders. I said, it's <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. funny is that yeah, that we she, said that? You literally said I that. I did say that. I was like, I spiders. really want to know there's what he fears now. It's spiders. scary. I'm, I'm like, oh, there's a big... She's like, there's a huge bug. I'm like, That's all you. I'll, be, I'll run away. Like, what are you doing? Like, why do I even bother? That's all you. We have like, why don't I say, why don't I do that? Um, but I also think like the fear of like I always put the pressure of like not being where I'm supposed to be at a certain age. I think we all do that. Mm-hmm. I hate that. I hate that I became that person. Or like right. I'm never gonna complain. Like, but I'm, 20, also, like I'm about to be thirty, age? and I'm like, yeah, it's not it doesn't exist. But then I'm like, but when I told myself I was gonna own a castle and have twelve kids when I'm thirty, like you know, it's like that like bullshit right. kind of thing. Where yeah, I'm like, yeah. But I'm not there, and like I'm like it's like this kind of like weird thing that I I've done is put this like pressure of like career and life and my mental, like, I shouldn't be reacting sometimes the way I react to things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I feel like now it's getting so much easier. And I'm like, I love getting older because I have, like, my mind is growing. And, like, people that I talk to are, like, 20s is, like, 
let me figure it out. Let me mm-hmm. fuck around. Let me understand what I am. 30s is like, okay, let me get grounded. Mm-hmm. And 40s, like everybody I talked to and I was like, this is my favorite time. It's, it's the, best. the best. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. Why, that's why I hear from everybody because it's like you fully know who you are. You're, you're, riding, fully, you're riding the machine yeah. now. She's you four, know? 43? 43. 41. Okay. So like yeah. we're you're there. in there. Yeah. We're so in it. <laughs> am I, would I be right with that saying? Do you guys 100%. Know that? 100%. Okay. A thousand percent. Yeah. Like just looking and reevaluating and like for the first time in my life, I'm like, wait, what do I want? Like mm-hmm. I'm putting well, myself first well. instead of like people pleasing. Oh, what are they thinking? What are they feeling? I'm like, hold on. This isn't like right for me or like right with me. So I'm like, I know myself and like having gone through a lot of stuff, you learn from it, you know, and like you survive it. Yeah. And you're like, oh, like. I survived like these traumas or whatever and, you know, nothing like what you've survived, but it's still these things that you do come out on the other side and then it's just all this information and you just feel a little bit stronger and like, oh, I handled that. Like I feel a little bit better about going into the next thing or whatever it may be. And you just with age and like experience and you have had a lot of experience at your young age. So I feel like you're probably more like Mid thirties. <laughs> like I'm like a mid thirty. You're, you're like, like a, a good seventy eight. Thirty eight, seventy eight. Yeah. Between. Yeah. I'm like, I, feel I feel like, like you're like way ahead of other twenty. <laughs> I feel like that's what people say. Yeah, I'm but like, that's oh, that past no. life shit. Yeah. Did you yeah. read Many Lives, Many Masters? Yes. Isn't oh. it the best? So good. I know. I know. Wait, do you still see ghosts? Yeah. Okay. What's up? Is there one here She's right now? Like, <laughs> I, I have. I. Do you, I can know. you channel it like a medium, like medium style and and see them i've done that before but okay. not like on purpose i don't know how to do that like you don't know how to tap into that we're skill like, we're not tyler henry out here okay like, but you're random like one will just like show up random random <laughs> i'll be like does I'll it ever listen. scare you <laughs> sometimes you know there's like certain friends like i'll stay at a house and i'll be like oh there's somebody that keeps like walking in or something and then they're like oh wait wait what like <laughs> for example my friend i was at his house and i was staying at his house i just moved in with him it was Jaden, and we I moved into his house for a while. And when I first, like the first week I was there, it was like really scary. And there was this car on this driveway that always had like a cloak on. But like long story short, like I think it was his like grandfather's house, you mm-hmm. know. And I kept seeing this figure because I was just a random person that just started living there, and it was his old house. But long story, I saw this figure, and I was like, I definitely, I think your grandpa's like keeps watching me, and he's like, <laughs> definitely him. He's like, it's for sure him. But like I felt it from the same, like he's protecting. It's like protectors, like guardian angels. I love that. Right? I love it. And so yeah. I was like, oh, like, I think I'm seeing more of that instead of like evil things. Yeah, yeah. I'm seeing the people that I love and who loves them. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Of course. Yeah. So I'm like seeing this figure of like, oh, he just wants me to be kind to my friend. Like, that's the energy I got. Right. It was like, oh, like he's coming around to make sure that I'm not a sus person mm. who just moved into this house and mm-hmm. those kind of energies. Or like, yeah. I'll go to a friend's house and I'm like, I think a woman died in here. And like, <laughs> <laughs> they're like yeah what how do you know that and like I don't know what's happening I feel like I'm a, like I feel like I'm not real yeah so I'll say random things yeah you just whether it makes come sense out or not. with it yeah yeah but that's like for those things it's like beautiful to have like moments like that yeah of, like having that like wake up call and do, but so I, I'll see things for sure and I think where's the most haunted places in LA and like I would break into it yeah like, me too kid. oh yeah cool like yeah. downtown like the old jailhouse and like oh like the old mental asylum and like oh that the most feels murder house is for sale did you know that should we buy it yes. <laughs> we should fucking yes. buy it and make the podcast house yes up? podcast <laughs> recording studio <laughs> Honestly, fucking yes but for those things I was like it was that was like my like high school it was like how do I find we my best friend nasty Chris nasty yeah he 
live next to a person. This is really dark. And one of the people down the street from his house, like it was a whole like murder thing. Mm. Like the dad killed the whole family kind of thing <gasps> and himself, like real life. Eeks. And yeah. like the, one of the kids was our age and what did we no. want? What did we want to do? Like obviously go to the house every Friday night at yeah. 3 a.m. because yeah, no yeah. one bought the house. So we would go yeah. and try to like seek out any energies until it got like really got really like weird i can go into it i'm not gonna go super into it but like because it's long but yeah we started seeing a lot of things and there's like 10 of us oh, ten, we brought, oh 10 of like, you <laughs> there's like 10 of us that's like people everybody's like i don't believe you and we'd be like come 3 a.m to this house and we'd go and like this kid out like really like showed energy like to <gasps> well, the point where like is the like, house still there yeah <laughs> we're like are yeah. we going can we go like, on a field trip right now <laughs> you need to take rob because he is not a believer he's rob not a believer it. rob would love it there's my friend there's my, <laughs> my friend who wasn't a believer was like Oh, I don't believe this and threw a rock like, at the house and then like 10 seconds later the rock got chucked back as hard no. as it can at him. <gasps> this is somebody who's uh, like not afraid of anything kind of kid. Yeah. Right. Like nah. Nah. Nah bro. <laughs> and there's like 12 people that have that experience of like hmm like my friend brought his Mini Cooper I remember to the house like meet <laughs> us at the house. It's a real life story no one's gonna believe it. it's like hard to even say it that's why I don't like we're in a Mini Cooper we're all in the car and we're looking at the street light and the street light blows up. Boom. Blue smoke starts going everywhere. The car dies and the blue smoke starts going into the car. What? And we get covered up in blue smoke and then the car was dead and we had to call AAA to come. Is this in Vienna? This is in Tarzana. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't no, like um, go to Tarzana. No, but it was like stuff like that. Weird experience. Like, yeah. Yeah, you can Do Google you know the like Armenian that. deli? Sorry. Side note. No? There's Armenian oh. deli? Oh, oh my it's God. so bomb. It's the best in sandwich Tarzana. ever. It's in Tarzana. Where? They put string cheese in it. They put this, the Armenian <laughs> string cheese in it. Where? Yeah, it's like a wrap. What are you? Where is it's it? It's on Ventura. <laughs> We're hungry. It's near, near yeah. like, it's near <laughs> like where the Whole food. There's like a shopping center. Yeah, like Whole Foods. Inside. It's like on the. Yes. Don't fuck around. Get pepper turkey. Get it around. For sure. Get the so large. Good. Dude. Yeah. I want it right now. Yeah, it sounds so good. But it's uh, like yeah, anytime I'm Armenian over there, string cheese in they it. put pepperoncinis and Armenian string cheese in the wrap. Okay. Oh. Pepperoncinis are too exotic, but everything else is so. I eat like a five year old. Oh, I guess. No, they have the kids' version with just like the turkey and cheese. They do. And I eat those too. I fuck with those. That's me. I fuck with those hard. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yep. You're good. Pepperoncinis, I'm just like, ah. No, no. You get the kids' one. You're going to be super happy. I'm a kids' meal kind of guy. Well, I'm I'm growing up. I had a little bit of arugula the other day. Um, Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Arugula or arugula? Some people say arugula. Arugula. Other people say rocket if you're in. Oh no! But there's are those a, a game? It's not. I don't. I, it's not. <laughs> Is it a game? No. No. Sometimes we do a game. Sometimes, sometimes we, we ask we really questions. like crazy questions. Okay, so those are like you guys should make that as like a card game. We That's what make I said. It as a card I'm game. like, we need to make this an actual card game. Sometimes we do it just for fun. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. But they're like some are really out there. Some are re- like Rob's always. Pushing. Do you want to hear what some of what? Yes. Would you rather only be able to oh. have sex? Or only be able to masturbate for the rest of your life. <laughs> oh, wait, I can only do one or the other? Yeah. yeah. Oh, sex. Obviously. Yeah. That's what we said. We're I like, love, he's going to choose like sex. I love you, you like, I love you, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So those are those type of questions. Those yeah, type of questions. Like, they're like, they're just fun, fun. Or uncomfortable. But there's like mild ones. Like if you could trade places with anyone for a day, <sighs> you know, who would you pick? The Dalai Lama. Love it. Good. Yeah. 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 Just because I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I understand it, but I don't. Right. And I you want to feel it. I want to feel you it. Feel it. it. <laughs> I feel like we're like, I'm like, a, uh, we're kind of look the same. That you look the same. Uh, we're going to do a side by side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
feel the energy for me and him. I don't know. That's one yeah. person I would do that. What about you guys, huh? Trade with yeah. someone for a day? Larry David. Larry wow. David. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> he's so sick. Wow. Damn. I thought you were going to say he's so sexy. And yeah, I was like, is. I know. No, he is sexy. And he's the only, like, I have a bald head, so it's like he really pulls off the side hair thing. <laughs> it is a thing, right? But I'm like, he made it. It's the a George thing. Costanza, he, yeah. which is Larry. So it's all yeah, full circle. Yeah, so you can't do, you can't do the Larry thing. Do you thing. know Seinfeld? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, George Costanza. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Who's yours? Yeah. I don't know. You just gotta pull something out. Like I just, Larry's just always right there. At the I front. know, but you didn't just pull it out. You've got him on. He's my speed him. dial. Yeah, he's speed <laughs> dial. Yeah. I feel like I would go. Who's that? That's sleeping with Brad Pitt right now. You be Tony. <laughs> <laughs> What's her um, name? Um, I'd probably be her or Oprah. Tony Robbins. Whoa. I would not be Tony <laughs> Robbins. I already know what that feels like. Yeah, I, can I can fucking channel that <laughs> man go. right now. Let's go. Say yes. All right, Rob, we have. I'll take Brad Pitt. Wow. I can You'll, see that. You're yeah. going to be Brad Pitt? Yeah. <laughs> I would be Brad Pitt for a day. I'd be Brad Pitt for one a time, day. One time, one I went to church and Brad Pitt sat next to me. <gasps> and then Did you I was hold like, his hand? Mm-mm. Gently caress him? I almost, but I wear those. Um, the newspaper boy hats, my dad would have all those. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm talking about? So paper, I usually yeah, wear yeah. paper boy hats. Yeah, so like I would wear those. So I had mine on. Yeah. He also had one. So I was he like, oh, does wear those a lot. Motherfucker. And then he did <laughs> he this does. thing where like he took his glasses off in a really cool way and like put it behind his head. So like they're behind his head yeah, and he did yeah. it in a really cool way. And I'm like, he's just sitting next to me looking like me, but way cooler and way just like <laughs> Brad Pitter. And I'm like, I just was really like, I don't know. I just talked to him for five seconds, but I was like, I don't know. Like why you're that? I get it. Yeah, I never got it. I never got it before until I was like, I get it. He's magnetic. Oh, you saw it in real life. I was like, like, that's that's the that's the effect, buddy. I get it. That's the effect. I see what you're doing there, Brad Pitt. The fact that you put the you turned it around. You just did it. Yeah, you just turned it around. Glasses on (laughs) behind your neck, eyes in the back of your head. I was like, Brad Pitt's sick. But I got it. I got it. Oh, what could what what bet would you need to lose? To get broad ideas tattooed on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how to wrap my head around uh, that one. I just one. do it, to be honest. <laughs> it's your first, is it your first podcast? Yeah. Yeah, that's why. This yeah. Is, yeah. You know what? I feel very honored that you, your first podcast, that you were willing to do it with us and tell your story. I am so like I feel really special. Yeah, Honestly, you're really feel, special. You're really, you guys are really special. And, <laughs> you all are special. Like this whole thing going on. We had to. It was just. It was the universe playing. It was, it was the universe. I also have another question for you. Okay, so this is a random question. <laughs> this is one of the. This is my OC question. I just had to have it. Why did they? Why did you not have a room until like the later in the seasons? Why didn't I have a bedroom? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to see somebody's bedroom? <laughs> no, or like the house. I feel like, like it was just soundstage with like random okay, rooms yeah, like placed curious. around. But then once the characters, like my dad started dating Marissa's mom, they were like, oh, she's going to move into the house. And they had more of a reason to have a house. Okay. And it was off Canaan, I think, that okay. house that we used. Wow. And, yeah. And we didn't need it until there was more storyline playing out. Fair in enough. the house. So I was like curious. And then, wait. No, all the kids would always come to the bedroom door. You're like, where's the front door? Yeah, that's They'd what They literally thought. just show to... up at the bedroom door like, hey. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. what I thought. I'm like, does she have a house? <laughs> where's the budget at yet? And then like, you see it change. That was, I was just curious because I was like, that's. That's a fair question. And then last question I'm going to ask you just because just for my <laughs> movie, my show geek, was the, the pool house, was that a green screen? On the show? Yeah. 
It was on a soundstage. The pilot was shot at an actual house. Okay. Which had the view, had the ocean and everything. But then we moved it. We built the whole Cohen house and pool house on a soundstage. Oh, really? And it was a backdrop. Yeah. Okay. It looks pretty real. Yeah. And then I was like, I want, I'm just going to ask the question. Ask yeah. You. you can have yeah. way no, you want. That's just my fans. Do you have questions. my number? Literally, you can just like text me oh, anytime. Ask questions. questions. Like, hey, yeah. we're watching yeah. it. And I'm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good to you know. You want answers? I will be I'm your inside like, information. I, okay, cool. I just had to know because I'm like, if she, if I, she might hate me if I text No. Her. Never. Are you kidding? Okay, cool. She no. might not remember everything. That's true. That's, but my memory's not. But you did just rewatch. So I d- I just had to oh, rewatch the show. Yeah. So I kind of know some stuff. Oh yeah, we're yes, but uh, those just those don't are watch my... that or, or watch we'll it. Watch and don't it. watch we the just very been, end we've been where slow it happens. It. Just watch it. <laughs> no. So yeah. So now we're we're doing that, and now we're trying to watch new things. But OC still. No. Thank you guys for so much for having me on the show. Thank I you thought, for coming. I thought I thought I wouldn't fit in, but are you kidding? What do you mean? I'm just you didn't. That. You're no. just saying that yeah. to say something. Yeah, yeah. get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, this is like it's really awesome, and it's really awesome that you guys are doing this because I feel like, you know, I think what I like you're, your, yeah, go. the show you guys. It's like it's not. It's like you let the person tell the story. Yeah, and you guys work around that, which is really cool. Yeah, and I think there's so many stories to be told. For sure. Yeah, that's why what we're was, doing it. You're why we're doing exactly this. like we cr- we want to create like a safe space and platform to talk about. Any and everything that some people are like, oh, I shouldn't talk about this. And that's your whole story is like you wanted to be so open yeah. with what you're experiencing and what you went through and, and the messages and everything. And that's why we do this. So it couldn't be more perfect. Well, I appreciate it because I feel like you guys make me feel safe to talk about my shit. So yeah, anything. It's hard to do yeah. that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like you For need to sure. have an energy to like even talk more. Yeah. Because like, if it wasn't being reciprocated, I would have been like, oh. Yeah. Well, oh yeah. No, music th- is cool. Like, wait, yeah. like they do it to me all the time though. Like I'll go off on a tangent, like very openly, and they'll be like, "Oh, we've never done that." And I'm like, <laughs> "Fuck you guys." I'm talking about one thing. One time. It's no, was, was it like more the, than one it time. Was it was about your vagina. Pic- oh. No, it was a vagina picture. Oh, 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 it was the vagina picture. Okay. Sorry, that's the only the topic time is we've left you out on yeah, your it's own. Very relevant. The topic it's- is irrelevant. It was just you guys did not make me feel safe. You're still on that one, didn't I? But still, it was it's traumatizing. traumatizing. That's like when the fifth grade teacher called me out. Right? Yes, yes, I get it. You got yeah. fifth grade teacher at her. No, no, they no we were. No, 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 she just asked us, and we said, "No, I've never done yeah, that." We were and not she mean took about it. it. <laughs> she took Whatever, it hard. I'm still dealing with it. It's yeah. fine. Well, it's still a safe place over here. <laughs> it's still yeah. a safe place. And I appreciate you guys for letting me come. Is it Monday? Is it Monday? It is Monday. Yeah. Best way to start the week. It is. Yeah, it is. It is the best way. I am. So happy to meet you in person. I'm and so happy to meet you guys. You're incredible. You're an absolutely beautiful human. You are. Thank you. You guys 1, as well. percent. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. Thank you, Rob. My fault, always my fault. Made you cry in the Malibu cafe. Same cycle, you're spiteful. And not the door before the drinks came. Say sorry for the baggage I gave I didn't mean to put it all on you. Fell asleep with a pound in my bag. Alone in my
West LA. New lease in a white Mercedes. She's on the right path. I hate that I drive her crazy. I hate that I'm unstable. It's hard for me to say no. Picked up bad habits from my family at the kitchen table. Say sorry for the That was Harry's new single. I'm fully, emotional hangover. That was going to be my new song, Windows Down. I always, you know, you find that yes. song. Yeah, that's it. Windows driving. Down in the Car, Driving. Phantom Planet, California, your new one. But yeah, that same feeling. And that's emotional hangover for me. Yeah, it gets you going. It does. I was not expecting when he's like, there's a meditation version. I wasn't expecting it to like. Be that. Hit. Yeah, hit it. <laughs> it hit it. It did. I know. I saw myself in Malibu. <laughs> driving to it didn't you you're like just in malibu well he's like on a, a fight with you malibu. in malibu i know but I she just... missed that part yeah <laughs> <laughs> i just heard white mercedes and that used to be you that used to be me but now i'm blue <laughs> i wear his merch every fucking day i swear to god i wear nothing but the harry hudson merch sweatshirts jeff was rocking the hat yeah he gets compliments on it everywhere yeah he goes. it's great Rob, where's yours? Oh, he didn't give me any. He just gave you guys stuff. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. Rob, why were you upset with us yesterday? I wasn't upset with you yesterday. Rob disappeared and he never, never. disappears on our group chat. No, he was like silent, like not responsive. Well, yeah. I'm, trying, like one I'm word. trying this a new thing where I'm being happy. <laughs> so you nice. have to go silent because you can't <laughs> forcibly be happy that much? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't understand it. So the week before you were like trying this new thing where you were super positive. Not a contrarian. No, like like hype beast to the fullest. Like <laughs> I was getting some real laugh out louds by myself when I would send texts and you'd be like, I can't wait to see their expression. Like you were like hype beasting the shit out of us. With his like avatar heart doing hearts with his hands. No, it felt really good. Didn't it? <laughs> Yeah, but it's all bullshit. That's what I say. There's a, it's a very fine line between like sarcastic asshole and hype beast. No, I know, but I, I still she enjoyed it. To see I mean, hype beast. Yeah, yeah, I was like, this still feels good. He's like, you rock that girl. I'm like, okay. <laughs> the only way he'll be positive is if he's like forced to, and it's sarcastic. <laughs> so then, then you went silent on us yesterday. And we felt a disconnect. We felt your distance. Well, I was, I had lunch with a friend. Well, this was, this was later in the day. So you weren't eating lunch at four. <laughs> what was I doing at four? I was with the I was with the boys at four. Mm-hmm. The boys. 
<laughs> I was with my boy at some point. Let's so, so do you, the no, I was I was with Calvin and Vincent then. Okay, so do you consider it gaslighting if you have a feeling about something, right? <laughs> yeah. That someone's upset with you or distant or something was going on with them and they weren't being themselves and you ask them and they say no. Is that them gaslighting you? I don't think it's gaslighting. What it what is I mean, it? Some people aren't don't want to talk about something or it's not a big enough deal to bring up something. That's just you. Yeah, sure. It would happen to me all, yeah. There's, if I don't want to pick a fight about something or say something, then <gasps> oh, it's like so a white Oh, so that's what's happening? So that's what's No, no, it's not what's happening. But, <laughs> so, so we're, but I wouldn't call that. This is how I get that, you to explain what was it's going kind, on. Maybe I wouldn't it's call manipulative, that gaslight. Not no, if you were like, it's not a big deal, I'm not going to bring it up. Well, <laughs> But why? that's different than if I was saying, was there something wrong and you saying no versus maybe I was a little irritated, but it's not worth a conversation. I guess, but it, I think... If a person doesn't, <laughs> why were you That's... irritated, Rob? <laughs> I wasn't irritated. <laughs> so are we being gaslit? No. Oh, that we're crazy for thinking it. Yeah, because I didn't respond to his text for a couple hours. Yeah, but we know you. Yeah, you never don't respond. Here's why it feels gaslighting: is because when your intuition tells you something, and you're like, "I know my intuition's not off. I think it's true." And then the person's like, no, no, everything's fine. You're like, do I trust them or do I trust my intuition? Intuition. I mean, there's also a thing, though, like if I'm annoyed and I can cool off on something and then still just communicate it. But then you have these feelings that you don't talk about. They're unresolved. Like they're going to be there and resentment and all that shit. Then resentment builds. Olivia, you and I in particular, and I can speak on us, Mm -hmm. when our instincts tell us, they're always right. (laughs) They're always right. That sounds... um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like a little cocky fucked. I don't know <laughs> no they are and also unprovable no that's not true I have proven <laughs> my instincts correct many yeah, times that's true <laughs> oh, but here's the thing I think that men and women process things different like men are from Mars women are from Venus, Venus yeah. like my therapist said like when it comes to Jeff like if I feel he's annoyed at something I will go at him and go at him mm-hmm. until I get the answer right And he's just like, leave me alone. Yeah, sometimes I want to be annoyed and to process it and I'll be totally fine and not resentful about it the next day. That's what he says, but I don't believe it. Because he's he's still in there. My therapist said he he needs to go into the cave Mm -hmm. and you need to not chase him in the cave with a stick. I'm not always ready to have that conversation as it's happening. I guess where I get confused is... That's where the gaslighting comes in as a, not with you. I'm just sure. saying in general, like when I'm like, is something wrong? And they're like, no. I didn't guess the term gaslighting. Lori explained it tricky. perfectly. Yeah. And I know it's overused. Yeah, nowadays. it seems overused. It's in, super overused. That's why I'm trying to understand it. And it, still, seems, I think. It's it when, seems flippant to use it for like just a casual spat between friends versus like right. it's when, when gaslighting is used in a toxic no, relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. no, yeah. It's like when someone makes you feel crazy for what you're saying or thinking, that's essentially gaslighting. Right. Yeah. That's not the same thing. And the way that it's being used now culturally is in abusive relationships. Right. Well, people just throw it around, too. Like, oh, yeah. you're gaslighting me. It's like, no, that's not actually not gaslighting. Right. That's why I asked. Like just did no, I didn't. I asked kidding. if that's what that is or what is that, <laughs> right. right? What would be the term for that? Yeah. 
my intent behind it wasn't to like manipulate you. It was more like, I don't think this is a worthwhile conversation that's going to benefit us. So sweep it under the rug. I'm fine. Hmm. Sweep it under the rug is the problem, I think. Do you feel like when you sweep things under the rug, they're like little pebbles and then the bag gets heavier to hold and then you're like, uh, just... I can usually differentiate when it's going to be something that That'll... needs to be addressed. Right. And will you address it? Yeah. Will you? Yeah. Okay. Good. Is it easy for you to address or comfortable? It's not... I've. I mean, I've gotten better with it. Yeah. That's when I do it too, is if I'm like, mm, this is only worth like addressing if I feel like, oh, this could turn into a resentment. And Rob wasn't going to tell me. He was annoyed with me. I get annoyed with you plenty. Yeah, I know. But usually <laughs> you show it, like when you're annoyed yeah. with her. Well, yeah, but I'm trying this new toxic positivity thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Where you just go silent. <laughs> <laughs> I wish people could see like the exchanges. I almost want to like read one of Rob's like trying to be super positive. Please do. I have to find one. It's been a minute. Well, now. it's also because you guys paint that I'm the contrarian. You are. I get. I think I've realized. I think you're just difficult sometimes. <laughs> is what it is. You're less contrarian. I'll give you that. I'm not. Yeah. Just difficult. Difficult. I'm not difficult. I might be frustrating because sure. frustrating. Might, that's, frustrating. Okay, I'm not I'll, difficult. I'll Don't difficult. paint me as a yeah. difficult person. I'll train. I'll train difficult. I'm not a difficult person. I think it's definitely more frustrating. Yes, that's yes, the right word. I get word. that. I know. Yeah. I'm fucking mess. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not difficult. You're not a diva. No, don't make me sound difficult, Rob. That's mean. I'm trying to find one of his positive things. My favorite was when I was like, oh, I don't know, because I'm going to go see my Uncle Patrick in Miami. And he's like, oh, my God, I can't even. I'm picturing Uncle Patrick's face when you walk in the door. <laughs> I died at that one. <laughs> oh, my God. Shout out to our girl, Ray, for helping pick out the perfect bench. You sure know how to make a home feel cozy. It's <laughs> good. Hold on. Like, I don't care if you're doing it to be sarcastic oh, or if it's worse. It makes me Ray laugh. Ray. <laughs> my sweet Ray Ray. I know you're having a busy day with the kiddo. Hope you guys are making memories that will last a lifetime. <laughs> but did you get a chance to follow up? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh my god mm, that's funny. there's a picture of a dead ran over rat <laughs> that rob sent us oh god i know it just makes me laugh because it's so not rob yeah <laughs> like hey guys yeah <laughs> rob here <laughs> they're so fun to read though well i'll keep them coming for you guys yeah keep them coming oh guys we have sandwiches Ooh, i can't wait to eat my sandwich i'm hungry for a sandwich you guys watching anything good? The Pamela Anderson documentary. Yeah, that's all you can talk about. That's all I can think about. I, I love her. I want to watch it. I love her. I heard that she still really loves Tommy. Is that she true? She does. She loves Tommy. She does still? Yeah. We talked about that on the Kristen episode. Yeah. That's where you heard it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. See? It's I my brain. We'll, I think we should take you to Dr. Amen. To see what's going on up there? Yeah, to get a brain scan. I, I'm scared. 
I think there's like a chunk of it missing. But the good thing is, is that he can detect and see like if you need certain supplements or if you need. No, I like, need it. I need to go. I, I think totally you should need go. To go. I'll go when you go to your period doctor. Like the same day? <laughs> well, we're going to make both appointments. Okay. We're gonna, what does Rob need to get checked? Oh, he's therapy. going to therapy. Okay. <laughs> Look at him. He's like so. Why? Why won't you go to therapy, Rob? I don't. I don't. I literally don't have time. Nobody has time. Like, you find the time. Yeah. You're just not into or it. Or do you think you don't have like anything? No, I would, I'm sure to work I would. Through. I would benefit from it, but uh, I have to prioritize the already long list of things I don't have time to do. Like what? Like this show. You don't have time to do this show? Barely. Oh. I feel like we see you a lot. <laughs> you get you get my only free time. Oh no. Are you mad about that? That we're stealing your free time? Don't you like what we do together? Yeah, I do. I I wouldn't do it if yeah. it's my choice to do he it. He won't give us anything. Except all his time. Apparently. His only spare time. That's what do a you, lot. What do you need me to give you? That's an act of oh, that you, love. You enjoy oh. it. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whatever. He likes eating with us. Only if he gets to pick the place the food's from. <laughs> That's true. So so people wrote in saying they thought the John Mayer thing was a good idea for you to DM. What? Uh, yeah. And then they sent some videos of um, some really compelling reasons why, which was like John Mayer in the car with, what's the guy's name who does all the roasts? Jim... Jim Jeffrey Ross. Jeffrey Ross. He's funny. He's really funny. The two of them driving together talking about why they love Bob Saget. He, he, they were like, if you need more reasons to, <laughs> to um, seal the deal for Rachel, show her this video. Yeah, I'm not DMing John Mayer. Okay, so who would you DM? Nobody. Not a single person. Well, I don't know. Well, it's just no fun. Who would you DM if you weren't, like, let's just say you had an opportunity what? Who would you? DM? I'm married. I'm saying hypothetical. Hypothetically, Jeff is skiing and he dies. <gasps> oh no, Rob! I don't like that hypothetical game. No, that is <laughs> you not. You gotta get specific for the well, hypothetical to no, work. No, Jeff isn't Jesus. Especially because he's going skiing All right, this fine. weekend. He, he leaves you for his hot new secretary that he hires. <gasps> Rob. Oh yeah, I bet Rob won't even answer this. I'd probably Answer go what? for like Tommy and uh, not Tommy Lee. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go Bobby Lee. I'd be like, he 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 might bite. He oh, no, wouldn't. I'm too old no, for you're him. too old for him. Yeah. He would not bite. Hard. See, but now that now that feels like a mission. <laughs> you're like, now I gotta DM Bobby Lee. <laughs> yeah. oh. Um Rob? Who I would DM if my family died in a horrible car crash. <gasps> not the whole family, dude. Yeah. Or my wife, sorry. Jeez. Oh my god. I don't like these pictures he paints. Go ahead and answer the question though. Well, I need to get in the right mindset if that's happened. <gasps> Natalie left you for her hot dentist. Okay. Um I don't know. No. It's not a, you have to answer. I'll, I'll pick uh Phoebe Bridgers. Well, that makes sense. Okay. Okay. What would you say? Hey you up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who would I DM? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Well, think about it. It's different for me. All right, your husband. You, you, not... In this scenario, you no, got married. No, because it's like, could happen. So in this scenario, you got married. Yeah. But then he became terminally ill. You guys had a lot of, you had <gasps> years so together. That's so sad. I don't like that. Um, 
he died peacefully, though, in the pool. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you, you spent a few months mourning, but now you're ready to get back out there. Oh, God, it's like God. he had it written out first. <laughs> That's horrible. Uh, who are you DMing? Tom Brady. Tom Brady? He just got divorced. It's not. Yeah, I don't really want to go there, but I don't know who else to pick. I'm just going to DM him a steak emoji. What does that mean? I don't know. It looks like he would cook a steak. Want to cook Oh, you're like, want to cook me a steak? <laughs> yeah. Fucking feed me. <laughs> I, that heard that, be, I heard that's see, what he's that into. See, that would slay on me if a guy sent me an emoji of a steak and was like, do you want to make me this? I, <laughs> you you would go make him it? I would like it. I'd be like, I fucking do. I want to make you that steak. Oh, God. You don't like that? No, I like that. You do. I know you do. Like if Eminem sent you a steak. And oh, was like, Eminem. Can I DM him? Yes. Because it would never happen. I feel like it'd be better, though, if he was like, I'll cook you a steak. No. No. He, he's, You're like, no, I want a man who puts you. me in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, this guy's making you cook for him. Oh, my That's God. That's not going to say anything. What would I, I say I like to Eminem? I mean, like, obviously, like, a plate of spaghetti would be too obvious. It would have to be something so random and weird. Because that's me. Like, I would never send, like, a sexy. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, it'd be like a picture of Grover or something. Let's do it and see what happens. <laughs> Let's just see if he even opens it. Never in a million years would he open it. I don't even know if he does his Instagram. You'll never know. I'll never you know. Try. No, I'm really, guys, I'm not DMing Eminem, <laughs> except for right now. And I'm going to put, do you want to be my friend? He follows no one. Zero people? Zero. And he has 38.2 million followers. <laughs> Definitely going to see my DM. <laughs> like, hi, you seem like a really nice person. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note. We can eat our sandwiches. Well, we're going to close this episode out with. The meditation yeah, version. Yeah. That sounds great. Of emotional hangover. Let's do it.